fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. What's lacking? Like this is this is going on six weeks. I'm not sure what to tell you. You know, I wish I had an answer for you. I mean, we've talked it over and over and over again in that room, and um, you know, obviously we haven't found an answer yet. Put it in deep. I mean, I'm not sure what you uh, want us to do. I think we show up, and you know, we take our day off tomorrow, and we show up on Monday ready to work, and that's all we can do. Yeah, we, ha- we have to get better at everything. Would you like to expand on that? No. Nope. You can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just answering your question. Yeah, you are. Whenever I ask you a question. I gave you an answer. Not very good one. Okay. I have one more for you. Leon, you showed your frustration on the ice. Is that a good thing when you show it so the other team knows you're frustrated? Yeah, it's a great thing, for sure. Get pucks deep, bring the puck deep. Put pucks in deep. You can never go wrong with getting pucks in deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out. Getting pucks deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks deep. Pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep. Mike Ross here, public address announcer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're listening to the Pucks in Deep podcast with Adam Lesko and Josh Coleman. All right, everybody, welcome back. Pucks in Deep Podcast, episode 93, Dougie Gilmore. That's a good one. Dougie Gilmore. Dougie Gilmore. So episode 93, we're back after a pretty long hiatus for the boys. First episode of 2022. Um, Best intro of the year so far, only intro of the year, but I think that one might be tough to beat, Lesko. Some pretty... Harsh words spoken between Captain Connor McDavid and alternate Captain Leon Drysidle, uh, specifically Drysidle, with a little bit of a uh, little bit of a pissy attitude uh, from the pundit there. Well, I mean, <laughs> guy was pretty rude to him, though, right? Uh, dude, I was really taken aback. Like, I just how the he, way he interrupted him. He you cut know, him he's off. Like, cut him off. He's like, yes, you are. Yeah, you are. Like, what are you, his dad? Chill. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought it was. You know, I don't mind the media guys pushing these guys for answers on questions, but he clearly wasn't having it, and he continued to push them and, and what it gets you, right? Now, got you a little, little moment, a little bit of content, but I don't think the Oilers need any more negative content out there because it's right in itself right now, is it not? Yeah, but like, and not only that, but do you really think that this, uh, who, who's the guy? You told him, Jim? Jim Matheson. Jim Matheson. So does Mr. Matheson really want that? Uh, type of content like I know everyone always harped on Steve Simmons because of you know yeah. everyone just thought he was a total goof and clown and I kind of think so myself as well yeah. but at the end of the day they are doing a job and their job is to create content and make that content click worthy and yeah. wanting to produce more traffic for their you can tell by the way he asked his questions like he was he was almost tra- inviting him to sewer the goaltending or sewer some aspect of the game which no leader on a hockey team is going to do that Right. And like he was asking that question, like basically like, oh, there's one thing, one problem you got going on here. If like, you had to pick is it, one Is it problem. the thing we've all been talking about here? Goaltending is shit. And then it was something that wasn't addressed in the off season. But you know what, man? <laughs> I saw an interesting article. Uh, I feel like it might've been on the athletic. I'm not sure, but it was, it was basically saying, okay, 
let's pump the brakes on the goalie thing. Yes, we know the goalie thing is incredibly important. We knew it last fucking year before the offseason right. happened, and they decided to run it back. We can, we can eat that low-hanging fruit all day long. But at the end of the day, and we'll get into the Oilers a little bit more in depth later, so maybe I'll just preface this because I want to ask you how you've been and welcome our listeners back, but maybe it's not just the goaltending. You know, I mean, they just don't play that very. They they don't play very well, do they? Well, I, I yeah, we'll get to it later. But I don't think they're like I wasn't a true believer when they got off that hot start. So maybe this is uh, making me feel a little bit better about that take earlier in the season because they they were proving me wrong for a while. But I, I just don't think they're that good. And I think though he took they took a lot of risky moves in the off season, not signing a goaltender included. Right. And they're paying the price now. It was a tough day. You know, it was a tough day uh, for the Edmonton Oilers and, and for their fans. It was a tough day for everybody pretty much here in Ontario. Uh, well, it's been a tough couple of years for everybody yeah. in Ontario. But um, tough day yesterday with the snow day. Were you, were you trapped inside? Were you? Well, were you, I, I managed to get out of there, but I didn't have anywhere to go. Didn't have anywhere to so, go. I mean, you didn't have a spare Mickey Mouse shovel for in once. Your, I in your trunk. <laughs> for once, I kind of felt bad for the people in the city because they got way more than us. Like they GTA, did, yeah. Ottawa, all that, and it's way worse there. It takes way longer to clean up, and of course. they're wet, less prepared in a lot of cases. But uh, at least if you live in Toronto, there's a good chance the premier of Ontario hey. was going to come dig you out of your spot. So. Now, I had to show you that video before the show. I was cracking up last night. I was killing myself laughing. Here's this, like, pretty heavy set dude, red in the face, gasping for air. Just, just gasping. All with this little Fisher Price shovel that he's using to clean up the snow. Come on. Could you, he, like, shows up with that. You're like, oh, uh, thanks, but... Uh, I think Thanks. We're, we're probably going to use my hands. Thanks, Dougie. I got a Timmy's tray in the back that no I'm going to use to shovel out my car. So I mean, the, the, there was some – it was interesting. Uh, since Six Arrow, I don't know if you caught it on breakfast television this morning, just smashed into him in the media for kind of the way that was covered. Okay. Because basically they put out put out the beacon and all the media showed up and went, oh, my God, look at – you know, and cre- full credit for it. That's great. Good for you. You know what I mean? Good for you. I, I'm sure there's more important things to be doing. You're the premier, but good for you. But if I'm if they're trying to stage this like a little photo op kind of good PR stunt, and I, and I'm like, hey, we're gonna go out and shovel, and you're gonna help people shovel out. Yeah, great idea. We'll get the cameras calling me right on. And then my staffer shows up with that shovel. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's fired. See, the, what are you doing? If we're really, if <laughs> sorry, we're really, sir, it's the only one we had. <laughs> if we're really dissecting the video, which I guess we are now, um, I'd have to say that given that tiny ass little shovel that he had, I'd have to say that it wasn't. Uh, like, you know, a, a, a shtick. Like, hey, let's do this for a good PR. Like, I feel like he probably wanted to do it out of the goodness of his heart, and that was the only thing that was around. Because because if they were going to do this and make it a PR stunt or whatever, then they would have went out and got him a fucking... Got him a real shovel. Yeah, like just... So you think it was like a little more... Ha- like, maybe a little bit of both, like thrown together last minute. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm yeah. sure there's a meeting in the middle, but yeah. yeah I, I, honestly, I know everyone likes to harp on the guy. As you know, Lesko, I'm not the most political human being out there. But, you know, I, I got to give credit where it's due, man. Like, he, he was out there. What were, what, you know, for all the people that are chirping him and, like, maybe he helped someone 
dig their vehicle out that absolutely hates him, has went on social media and said, <laughs> I hope he dies or all this stupid stuff. And there he is helping them. Like, you know, do you not feel like a bit of a jackass in that moment where like this person, you hate him or her for, for what they represent or what their job title is, but you don't actually know the human being behind the face. Mm. So in this instance, I felt like that was a, a good opportunity for a guy like Doug Ford to, you know, mend a little bit of the the broken relationships that I'm sure have existed. And a lot of this, as we've <laughs> talked about before, let's go at length, is a lot of this is really not his fault oh, in, in the sense that he's yeah. he's told what to say. I don't care about that. I just think you know? the video is, is hilarious. Right. Like, I think it's so funny. Like, yeah, I guess in a way it, it probably benefited him because it makes him look good, but it's also hilarious. Like, it, it just... It, it's. I wouldn't say it backfired. He was, but struggling. maybe it got traction online for the wrong reasons. He was struggling. <laughs> boy. He was struggling oh, so bad. Man. All right. Well, listen, folks. Uh, as we mentioned, episode three, episode three, episode ninety-three. It's been a while since we did episode three. Uh, welcome back, Pucks and Deep Podcast. You follow us on Twitter as always at PuckPod, at Coleman Forty Two, and my main man over there across the bar at Let's Go Adam. Uh, I mentioned the bar. It's looking more like a bar now. The Christmas village is gone. It's, you know, it's time. Christmas is over. First couple of weeks or first week of January. You know, I'm not one of those people that leaves it stay up until February, March or whatever. I know lots of people do. Uh, uh, New Year's is gone. New Year's is gone. Is that like New Year's, like New Year's Day? Yeah, like maybe the second. Yeah. Okay. So after New Year's Day, I know right. some people are like, oh, you got to get it down before New Year. Like you got You can't ring in no, the new no, year I like of Christmas. I like, I like the decor. It's part, of, it's part of it. It's part of the holiday. Right. Part of right? it. It's part of the holiday. Uh, so my Christmas village is gone. I've now lined the bar with basically all the all the booze I have and then the mixture of drinks that you can yeah, select you got from. Yeah, Christmas quantity of liquor here, right? <laughs> I really do. And the funny thing is, is I'm not a drinker at all. Like no, the but your guests are always happy with you, I bet. You're right, Lesko. I was just going to say the only time that you will see these liquid volumes decrease in their bottles is because I had people over and and they drank them. Well, you, I don't leave here dry very often, so no, no, absolutely not. Um, yes, yeah, so welcome back to everybody. Uh, when was the last time we recorded? Anyway, pre Christmas, right? yeah, pre Christmas. It would have been just maybe a week before Christmas, something like that. Okay, we were grumpy. Right Remember, we were, we were it was the pissy episode. We were pissy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. It was right happened. after. It was right after like the the Friday news dump and Omnicrony was taking over the world. And right. Yeah, we were we were just bitter. And I was bitter over fantasy hockey. Yes. Yes. <laughs> really, COVID. And yesterday was snowvid, and you know, snowvid just never stops. You know, I like that. You know, which else? What else I heard that I really liked? What's that? Because it was on Betty White's birthday, so it was the great Betty Whiteout. Oh. Mm. Which I thought was amazing because yeah. it would have been her hundred, her hundredth, hundredth birthday, uh, 100th yeah. birthday, yeah. and and it was uh, a whiteout, most definitely, dude. At at points, you know the area that we live in here. At points, I, I couldn't see across the short field here. Yeah, to, to the trees, bit of a whiteout, and I saw them basically, you know, province cops and all the OPP telling people not even bother driving. I saw some videos of people shoveling on the four hundred one to give you an idea, I guess, what it was like down there. That's nuts. Yeah, they so. closed the ramps too. And to like I, the I know, like I'm kind of laughing, like, what are you doing out there? But at the same time, some people don't have a choice. It's just like the same problem with COVID, right? You got to go to work. People are going to work. That's how they're spreading around. <clears throat> yeah, well, yada, that's yada. a funny thing for me as an insurance broker. It is a funny conversation to have. Well, 
it wasn't my fault. Uh, it was bad, bad conditions. That yeah. that's what the officer told me, and I'm like, okay, that's what the officer told you because he's not giving you a ticket. He's trying not to make you feel bad. But but yeah, sure. But he's but he's not giving you a ticket. That that has nothing to do with your insurance. He's saying I'm not charging yeah. you with careless you're not driving. Criminal, you're not criminally liable, but I might still hold you liable insurance sure. wise. Right? Well, of course. Like how, wh- who 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 else? Who else's fault would it be? Act of God. That you're in the, the ditch. The weather's God, according to the insurance, isn't it? <laughs> no. That's the biggest myth of all time. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, yeah, my gazebo got uh, ripped off its moorings and torn away by an act of God. And I'm like, you mean wind? <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, though. I mean, they're like, well, oh, I, th- I thought I didn't think wind was covered, but act of God was and I'm like, wait, like, what are we doing here right now? Like, are we honestly gonna talk about religious beliefs over whether you can get a new fucking gazebo or not? Like, it was a windstorm. Everybody's covered for wind. It's pretty straightforward. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a weird day yesterday. Um, got a ton of snow. I love it though. I no love time, it as right? well. Yeah, I like, love we, it as we well. We had barely any snow like yeah. coming in. You know, in around Christmas, we had a, uh, you know some just white. enough, a bit of white, just enough, right? just enough. Yeah, so this is this is good. It's like winter feels like it's full swing right yeah. now. Yeah. So we woke up today and everything was back to normal. The sun was shining, but there was one weird thing, not weird, but uh, a bit of a surprise uh, on Twitter. If you're a gamer like you are and myself, our listeners, perhaps maybe some gamers oh, yeah. out there, um, we woke up this morning to some pretty impactful news: Microsoft purchasing. Activision for a cool sixty-eight point seven billion dollars. That's crazy. So um, for our, you know, for our non-gamers or for our gamers that aren't up with their developers or producing companies or whatever you want to call it. You've heard of the games that Activision makes. Activision, Call of Duty, yeah, exactly. To name a few. Most most popularly. Um, Guitar Hero, of course, the, if you want to go back to that. Right. Um, loved Guitar Hero. The entire uh, Call of Duty franchise owned and developed by Activision, which is now going to become a Microsoft, like a part of the Microsoft team. So Activision, I'm sure they're going to keep their name and everything, but they're now just their own. Their parent company so yeah, is Microsoft. In my opinion, it's a it's a great it's a great transaction for, for me personally as an Xbox player. Uh, it yeah, is full disclosure. Both Xbox guys. Yeah, so both we're, Xbox we're not, guys. We're not worried about this. Yeah, <laughs> f- fuck you guys and your Playstations. <laughs> um, but but honestly, there, there's nothing better than a good PlayStation versus Xbox debate, is there? Yeah. Well, it's it's there's not much to go on, I guess, these days because you know PlayStation's outsold the Xbox so so much, and and basically going back to the launch of the last generation of consoles, where Xbox didn't launch with Halo or any any new right. games, so. They lost out a lot on exclusives. Now, everyone's got up in arms about exclusives. They're like, oh, well, they're going to take Call of Duty away from everyone else. Like, they no, won't. they're not. They won't. No, they're not. They, and, and they said that in a statement today, yet people were still ranting and raving about it. And it's like, why would they? There's money to be made there. They're going to do it. But what gives them the edge is that now it's on Game Pass. Yes, it will be free those for games Xbox will be users. On, yeah. they, those games, that a massive library of games that comes with that deal that will be included in Game Pass, the same as like Battlefield and Halo and things like well, that are. Which is so crazy, dude, because That's then, their competitive edge is Game at, Pass right now. At a moment's notice, you and I could, could say, 
I'm, I'm sick of playing Warzone. Like, everyone plays Warzone these days. Talk to you about that later. I still can't believe you're not on that train. <laughs> but, like, everybody plays Warzone. You know, at I've been any, off the COD train for, like, 10 years. At <laughs> any moment, someone, you know, we could just say, oh, I'm sick of playing Warzone, man. Let, let's, let's, play, uh, let's play Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, because I'm, now it's going to be on, in the library, and it'll be remastered and all this fun stuff. So all of a sudden, now you're going to be able to jump in there, and there will be lobbies, baby. There will be lobbies full of people that played Modern Warfare 2 or, or Black Ops, right? Like, there's just there's so many titles. They all seem to fade away when the newest and the best comes out. But you'll mm-hmm. always have people that will say... Man, Black Ops was my favorite. Black of all Ops, time. Modern Warfare Two, for sure. That's back when I still played right? Call of Duty. It's interesting because these games are like, I don't like I. Don't, it, it's going to change. Uh, obviously, the way we're changing is gaming, cloud gaming, on the demand, like Xbox's model. Now you can game on your phone, your PC, your tablet, your Xbox, all the same games, same experience all the time. Yeah. Um, you can even get those cool controllers. I haven't for your subscribed phone. to Game Pass yet, but I definitely will be. I can tell you. Yeah. And that's the appeal. Like the other day, I was playing uh, a few old games. I played Bad, Battlefield Bad Company Two. Oh yeah, Bad I Company. Played, uh, uh, what else? Um, oh, it's because Battlefield Twenty Forty Two was on a, a free weekend or something. So I played that, and then Terrible. it had a it had a game mode for for Bad Company Two. So I went back, played that, and then I wanted to play Battlefield Three. So I was looking at that, and actually. The, the peak of my nostalgia was I tuned in for the last day of Halo 3's original servers. Oh. So they, I just saw online that they were going down, that they were finally taking them off. And that game launched in 07. Wow. And that game got me back into gaming. Like, I was pretty much out of gaming at that point. And then I, I had a buddy with a 360, and we were playing Halo 3, and that I had one by Christmas. You know, <laughs> that's that, and I never looked back. Like, I'm playing the current version of right. Halo right now. Right. So it was this big kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll go back in there. And I think there was like 1,200 people playing like the last day. Yeah, I was getting thrown into matches with the same people. Oh, okay. That's yeah, yeah. how few people were playing. So that, that was kind of cool. I've got a lot of fun, great memories back in college playing that game. And yeah, yeah. So much fun and probably spend more hours in that than I did in a, a lecture hall. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for me, um, like I have the newest – generation the xbox series x the one that was like a unicorn for the longest time right basically a whole year i was thinking you couldn't get one if you wanted yeah you couldn't get one if you wanted one that's exactly correct i did finally get my hands on one had to drive to kingston best buy yeah i drove there found them in stock somewhere and they won't there's no holds there's no shipping there's no like you have to come and pick it up with your government id because of all the you know the fraudulent activity do you notice like i know you're not super tech nerd but do you notice like the graphical and frame oh rate absolutely yeah oh absolutely. it's supposed to be like like what two to three times better or something oh it's incredible dude like as soon as i fire it up like if i like uh warzone is a is a tough game because warzone is updating so much that it always runs an update before you open it but any other game is if you if you turn your xbox off and you go inside and you don't play for three days when you come back out to play and you fire up that game it literally takes zero seconds oh, and you like right there and right? you are right where you left off right i know they tried to do that in the in the last systems uh the last rendition of like a series x or whatever quick it was. resume so, yeah, or whatever yeah. um anyways yeah so when i bought the series x i got a an automatic two-year subscription uh, to Game Pass, oh, Un- unfortunately, yeah, it is sick, but it's also unfortunate. I didn't want it. I don't want anything. I just wanted the console. But right. they like 
so many times you could only buy the $1,100 version, which was like some limited edition fucking halo with a different skin yeah, and yeah. two extra control. Like I didn't need any of that yeah, garbage. Yeah. I just needed the fucking console. But anyway, I, I finally got one and that's what it was. It was the console with, with a two year subscription to game pass, whether you wanted it or yeah. not, which and not at well. a deal by the way, like, come on, at least give me a fucking yeah. deal on it. Yeah. It wasn't even a deal. So now I have game pass. I, I don't have time. I got a fucking house I'm trying to restore or watch Kirsty restore. <laughs> but like I don't play enough games to get Game Pass. So I'd like to maybe spend a little bit more time like checking out the library and, and maybe trying a few different games. But yeah. at this point in time I think uh Microsoft is is really crushing it in they, the, in the video they game. Are. I watched a good uh I guess one last thing on the Xbox topic, but I watched a documentary they produced recently the post on their YouTube channel. It's about like the making of Xbox and how it came to be, how it went from like a you know, a, an R&D sub-project to all of a sudden the forefront of the company and, right. you know, the launch. It goes through the launch. Like, basically takes the history all the way up to cool. kind of where we are today. From the day it was created as, yeah. a, as a suitcase. Yeah, they interviewed <laughs> all the guys with, who made those the giant prototype and, yeah. you know, how, how the philosophies that went into it. So it's pretty, pretty fascinating. And if you're into that kind of stuff, definitely check it out. Cool. Um, lastly, before we move on, uh, big, big day, sad day for... The unofficial mascot of PlayStation, which would be, if I had to give you a guess, would you be able to guess who the unofficial mascot would be for a PlayStation? Well, I guess it's one of uh, Spyro or Crash, I guess. Crash oh, Bandicoot, yeah, dude, right? I almost forgot about Spyro. But, yeah, for me, it's Crash. So they it's are Crash going, Bandicoot, they got a right? new home now on Xbox thanks Cra to that deal. Eh? Crash Bandicoot is now uh, an official family member of Xbox. And That'll be crazy to see those on Game Pass and... I'm sure I'll get it too, but I have the same problem you do. It's like I feel like I don't game enough, but I play one game nowadays with COVID and winter and all that happening. I seem to have a lot more time, and I've been playing a lot more. So I think I can justify but the. But you still haven't made the jump over to the most popular game in the universe. Yeah, I just I don't Call of Duty anymore. We've had this discussion. Have we? Yes. But why don't you Call of Duty anymore? Because it's a shitty game. Warzone's the best game in the world right, right now. It's right. also the shittiest game in the world. It's, <laughs> yeah. It is simultaneously the best game. Just like NHL's the best hockey game in the world, but it's still the shittiest, right? It's more the shittiest than the best. Yeah. It's, it's the only. It's the only. NHL's exactly. the only game in the world. At least yeah. with Call of Duty, there's a million no, other once shooters. I went Battlefield, I couldn't go back. Yeah, but Battlefield, I, the new Battlefield into, sucks. It does, but I'd still rather play like Battlefield 5 than Oh, play. I see. You know what I mean? Like I, I prefer the... Like, if I'm going to play, like, a war shooter, I want it to be, like, realistic. Yeah, but Warzone, though. Variety, like, you, you know what I mean? You choose, you choose Fortnite over Warzone. Yeah, that's more of a... mind-boggling. The people I like to game with don't oh, okay, have the same fair. console with me. Okay, fair enough. So I started Rocket League recently with some of those other console buddies, and we're having some... I'm having more fun with that. Warzone's cross-play. I, mm. I play with my PlayStation buddies. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, it is. But you gotta get into it, man. The the with the with the circle thing. Like, <laughs> see, the Fortnite thing always threw me off because I I hated building. I didn't want to. I didn't want to play a game where I had to build a fucking shed. That's the biggest biggest hurdle. Really, I know, so. and it's one of the it biggest. It took me a long time game. to even get half decent at that. But there's still guys who will build you know circles around. I it, just so. like shooting people in their faces. Like that's the reason why I play the game yeah. is to shoot people in their faces. Well, but. and I'll go play like a regular <laughs> game if I want to win a game in a day too, right? Yeah, true <laughs> enough. Yeah, true enough. It can be tough to get a win. Yeah. Anyways, all right, moving away from. Uh, moving away from that. Oh, I wanted to ask you: uh, Have you seen the the Oculus Virtual Reality uh, NBA stream? No, but but I 
I'm interested in this topic because you and I had a discussion about this like last year (laughs) about what this would look like and like how to do it and who's like the company that would do it. It makes a lot of sense that Oculus, Facebook, unfortunately, is the one to offer that experience and and tell the listeners about it and describe it to me well too because I haven't seen it. So they're like Metaverse, as many people know already, is like this this new thing that Zuckerberg is coming out. It's It's the the Sims except you live there, okay? Right. It's like what we've seen in movies and stuff. It's coming, it's coming in, into real life. Um, so, but the NBA is calling it the Net Netaverse, and Clever. it's it's difficult to explain because it's not like it's not actually real as if you're watching it on your TV. So that right. that'll probably throw a lot of people off. But uh, the best thing that I could do would be to. Um, advise our listeners to just go go check it out just google it google uh metaverse facebook uh, 3d nba you'll find it um it's basically like a it's a 3d rendering and it happens within milliseconds and there's an actual dedicated truck there with the game like you would see a tsn hockey truck they're producing the game there's also a facebook uh, netaverse uh truck and they are controlling the cameras and basically dude you are on the floor right like you are and in probably in full control of what you're looking at right no you're only well it's on your head right like right. the oculus thing is on your so head you're looking back so and forth. You, well you can look everywhere right can you and you can position yourself I no you can't so you're in one position the truck is controlling with the joysticks you'll see it in the video the right. truck is controlling the joysticks of of We're, like where where your perspective is yeah okay good call good words okay. where is my perspective okay they are controlling that but i have the now, ability this to isn't look a all stream, over the place. though this is a, a, it's a live it's a like but is it a digital reproduction yes of live? that's what i was saying so it's a three, that's it's a three-dimensional rendering oh. of the real life image so there is a delay of like i believe they said it was like a half second delay yeah. it's, it's very minimal i mean you're watching it anyway who cares yeah. if there's a second or you yeah. know anyway point is like, it was really cool, dude. It's so hard to explain. You just gotta you gotta watch yeah. it. You watch it I'm after. Just interested talking about that it they later, go with like a so a, cool a digital reproduction as opposed to a live stream. I wonder what the rationale is behind that. But I, you know, it, it it sounds not that far off of a concept though, because if you watch like, you know, back to video, if you watch yourself play a game of like newest NBA. The shit looks real. Oh, it looks real, right? So it, it wouldn't be. I could see yourself being there in that headset and forgetting. That, that you're not, not watching. Yeah, a, you're not Real watching humans. video. You're humans. not watching video. Yeah. Technically, you're not. But here's the thing, dude. Like, I would say from the video that I saw, I wish I would have like known about this a few days ago, and I would have like signed up and I would have participated with my Oculus. But there obviously is going to be more opportunities to do it. But um, it looks better than than the video games. And and I agree with you like how realistic the video games do look. I thought it looked more real. Like when I first right. when I first pulled up the video, I thought it was real. Mm. Then I realized after I'm like, "Oh, no, this is definitely this is definitely not real cuz they weren't focused as much on the the crowd." Right. There wasn't as much focus on the crowd. It was just on the ball. It was just the, the ball and the players, yeah, yeah, but it was extremely cool. Yeah. Like I would say I guess you can give a perspective that you just can't give with live video and that's no, you the can't. difference, right? You can't that's give the that. difference. You can't there's no way to give that without interfering with the play. With the play, exactly. Right? So when you give that on court like on Dude, you're court on the floor, right? I'm, yeah. I was on the floor. So uh, at first, I thought for sure, for sure, I thought that the referee had a camera on. 
like a, on his head or on his chest. I thought that the referee had a well, camera. Yeah, I wonder on. how they're uh, motion capturing this and digitizing it real time. That's a whole technological discussion. Well, think about those five. The, you see it all the time on TSN, the 5G view. Right. Where the users can take control of the camera. It's because they yeah. have a camera this way and they have a camera that way, so they can render two images yes. after they put them together. Yeah. So that's what's going on here with Facebook and Oculus is they've got multiple cameras, probably all kinds of them, and they're all focused on the floor, and then that allows their their producer in the truck to manipulate the the angles and 3D render those images right to our eyeballs through our wow. Oculus. And it was so cool, man. Like it was Harden, James Harden was at the top of the key and he was like he was like pushing off and he dished and then he picked and then he got it back and he laid it in. Did and you then, flinch ever? Were you ever like kind of like... Well, no. I didn't actually watch it in my Oculus. <laughs> okay, it wasn't in your Oculus. No, I, I just watched the... You watched the sample. I watched the sample, you would yeah. see, right. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool and let's hope we see that something like that come to the ice soon and uh, it, it'll be all interesting because there's a, a big market out there for, you know... Uh, disrupting the viewing experience for fans and, Dude, could you and imagine creating that for hockey? A, a business like that. Yeah, like oh my god, going into the corners with the play, when or just hovering above, crunched. or just hovering above the crease, man. Right. Fucking watching guys like just oh yeah, oh, that'd yeah. be crazy. Give me uh, to that with uncensored, uncensored audio, uncensored please. audio, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, Oculus and the Metaverse is, is is the new craze right now. It's it's the future of of gaming and you know consuming your your sports or your TV even. It's really cool. Um, the so yeah, other, keep an eye out for Puck Pod coming to the uh, Metaverse. The Metaverse, yeah. You know, the, the next the, two to three years. The, the Puckverse. Yeah, um, I'll just call up Zach there and we'll get it. We'll get some cameras in here. So I needed to ask you two Twitter-related questions before mm. we get to the ice. It's yeah. been a while, so we got a little bit of banter going on here. But um, Wordle, are you playing Wordle? No, I actually muted it from my timeline. Oh, dude. I passed. So what happened? I saw it a bunch, and I saw it in no context, just these pictures of it. And I'm like... I. I don't know what this is. I'm not taking the time to find out. And then it became like kind of blown up, like seeing it 20 times a day. I'm like, all right, muting that. And that still slips in there occasionally because people just post screen caps of it. So yes. I've no, I've no clue of anything to do with about it. It's awesome. It bro. sounds like something I might enjoy, but it's it just, awesome. It's just, sometimes I just I gotta pass. It's awesome. I I originally was also very annoyed. What is this fucking yellow? Well, the thing is, I could get into it too, and I still wouldn't care what, how everyone else is doing at it. I think you would. Would I? Yeah, because I do. I didn't think so either. Oh, yeah? And I'm talking to people about it because everyone gets the same word. Yeah. Okay, I'll briefly give it to you. It's one five letter word per day. Right. One per day. That's it. Everyone's Wait. guessing the same Everyone one. Everyone has the same right, word. Okay. Whether you do it at so 9 that's why it's like kind of competitive in yeah. that respect. Okay. And then people will be like, "Oh, I got it in three guesses," and someone will be like, "Oh, I got it in six. like you only have yeah. six guesses." So it's a five-letter word. You have six tries to guess the word. So that's how we determine who's the smartest people on the internet now. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, basically, there's no hints. There's no. There, there's nothing. You just yeah. the, you go on the website and it's a bunch of blocks and it's. You, you guess a five-letter word. So That's you type in maybe, M-A-Y-B-E, and then it'll go, it'll show you. That's where you get your hints. After you guess a word, you get uh, feedback from the game. Either well, it's just kind of modern rendition of Hangman, essentially. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like red, um, green means the letter is not only in the word, but in the correct position. You've, mm. you've guessed the, the letter in the correct position. Yellow means... The letter is in the word, but not in the correct position. Right. And black means 
the letter is not in the word. Does, so, does it take you very long? Or Oh, my God. Today took me forever. Oh, shit. Today I stared at my... Because you keep going until you get it. No. You so have, you didn't post no, today to say how No, no. How you have six you guesses. Got. Oh, you only get six, six Then guesses. you lose. Okay. And then your, your streak is over and you got to start out. You know right, what I mean? So right. I'm on a streak right now. I, I was kind of dicking around when I you first started playing addictive. it. It is... I wouldn't say it's addictive. It's it's something that I look forward to. It's every morning I get to work, I log into all my computer, my online stuff, and then I usually check my pool, I do some printing, I get a little bit of paperwork out of the way, and then boom, like it's it's wordle time. Like I <laughs> I look forward to it around nine, nine thirty in the morning is uh is when I'm gonna play Wordle. So I, I would recommend that you give it a shot. At first I was kinda like you, I was annoyed. Then someone told me about it and I, do, I am a, a word person, like I like you know, Scrabble. Yeah, I like that kind of shit. I like that kind I'm of just, shit. I'm just grumpy so, old man. These what days. I said about it, Lesko, is it it's like Sudoku with but with letters. Right. Because there's a cool I'm aspect. Better at letters than numbers. So. There's a cool aspect where you'll be like, okay, the letter A is in this word. And I've guessed three different words with the letter A in three different locations, which means by process of elimination, the word either starts with A yeah. or ends with A. So then you, maybe you th- maybe you throw off. Like you guess a word that you know is not correct, but you just need to just confirm. To, yeah, just to get some more hints. You just need to confirm, you know? So anyway, it is a really fun game. And the last one that I needed to ask you about before we get to the ice, can you please explain to me what ratio means are you just did you get the internet yesterday dude i've been i've been seeing oh get ratioed bud or (laughs) or enjoy this ratio man is is it bothering you that you don't know what it has never it has never triggered anything in me i don't understand what i always find that's a funny phenomenon though that you'll see something for sometimes years on the internet and you have no idea what it means or what it is until you're like Okay, I haven't been able to like deduce what this means. I gotta figure out what it means. So right? before you tell me, because do you sure. know what it means? Are you yes, gonna tell I do. me? Okay, so I'm gonna tell you what I think it means, and maybe I'm right, <laughs> okay. and maybe it's hilarious. I don't know, but I first saw the. So you phenomenon. put a lot of thought in this. Well, I've I see it all the time, and I think okay, okay. So that person commented this when someone said that the only reason they hired a female assistant general manager is because. They're trying to be woke. So uh, another person is, is, is challenging that person by saying, enjoy this ratio because people are going to eat you alive yeah, you're on for a, what you said. You're, you're kind of, so on this, you're on the right track. So the simplest p- way to put it is that you put something on the internet and then it gets, if the ratio to, of comments to likes is atrocious. So you get 200 likes and 2,000 comments. Chances are you pissed a bunch of people off. Oh, right. So you got to sit there and suffer. The getting ratioed means you've you've awoken the ire of the internet. Okay. Right? Like people are coming at you instead okay. of being like, "Oh yeah, I like this," and the, just sharing it and re- retweeting it and liking it. They're commenting on, be like, "The fuck you, dumbass!" Like, right? Okay. So it is actually more direct in its meaning than I thought. I thought it was right. more of like a like a like a hidden meaning like oh you're going to get ratioed. No, it actually is by definition of the word the ratio of likes to comments or or retweets or whatever, mm-hmm. quote tweets. Interesting. I got to cough. Hold on. 
How about that? We got cough buttons here now. Hey, on the Pucks he, and he coughed away from me too. It's so responsible. <laughs> we have. We just wanted to let you guys know that we have the strictest health and safety protocols in the Pucks and Deep COVID studio. I love my my favorite line is no, I don't have COVID. I just smoke too much weed. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry about that. I I don't know what just to tell drilling you. too many cigarettes lately. <laughs> All right, let's take it to the ice. I really want to talk about to team, the ice. I want to talk about Timo Meyer. Um, oh, you know, dude. guy really broke out the last few years. Um, the Sharks, Sharks are having a very interesting year and seem to maybe not be down and out and are, are going to have some staying power, are going to stick around a little bit and maybe navigate some of these bad contracts and stay competitive. But five goals in a game last night. Dude. Um, man, I that's that's the best. Like it's I don't care if you're a fan of the team or the player or anything. It's pretty awesome to watch. Absolutely. I mean... I, Even I, after the fourth one, you're like, really? Four? Like... I don't. Yeah. Even, I don't care who it is. Yeah. I, I don't care if it's my least favorite player in the NHL, or 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 if it's a player on a team that you know my team is in a dogfight with them to make the playoffs. Like I don't care what the situation is, even if it was against my own team. And God bless anybody if they manage to bet on like over <laughs> two goals or three goals because they probably very wealthy. Today. Yeah, no doubt. Eh? I wonder what kind of prop bet there would be oh, for like be hat tricks. Like yeah, even for hat tricks, pick a crazy. hat trick. Yeah. Uh, if he would have scored a sixth goal, do the fans throw hats again? Oh yeah, you got they it. Do? If you still got it, like if you held on your hat, if you're like, ah, uh, I don't know, you gotta throw it for the six. <laughs> oh my like, god, you owe him. <laughs> <laughs> you owe him. You know what though, dude? You know what was crazy about the five goals in a game, and he didn't even bury one in the third. That's right. What a bum. So interesting. What was stat. he? What was he doing in the third? Yeah, he's the why. Well, I Did he take off and hit the showers? He's probably taking the night off. Like he's but probably no way, dude. You got five goals, man. Come on, you got five goals. You're not going to try and score six. Also, you have to keep in mind, like the score of the game at the time too. When the whole team starts to let care. their foot off the gas, fuck that. I might be running and gunning too, though. Like you're right. I mean, how often you, you get five to goals? Do it? When's them anybody ever do it? So a couple interesting statistics to share on this. Um, he's the first player to score five goals in two periods since Peter Bondra did it. Wow, Peter Bondra, Capitals yeah. legend. Old sniper right there. Now, he I is also um, so five of the last six players to score uh, were European born. And What do you who, mean? So, so five, five sorry, five of the last six players to score five goals in a game. Okay. Were European born players. Who was the last North American skater to score five? Did Sam Gagne did Gagne? Uh, did not. He didn't. He got more assists. He got. He got a bunch of points. Yeah. Did, yeah. I think it was like eight point game or something. Crazy yeah, yeah. 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 But he didn't score five goals. Correct. Yeah. Can I have a hint? Uh, you. What's what era are we in? Well, you'd have to. You're going back to the silly eras. Oh well, I don't know. Well, you do know because he's one of your favorite players. Well, of it would all be time. Mario Lemieux. Correct. Okay, and it would be <laughs> I, so. The, when I saw that question, I originally was like, I wonder if it was Mario five different ways. Yeah, and actually, I stand corrected. Mario's done it more than once. Well, he did it so five he different did it, ways. He did it the last time in '96, so dead puck era. So that's pretty impressive. That is impressive. And he also did it in '89, and he did it in '88 as well. So there's a little bit of history. I wonder um, which one of those don't do too much digging if it's too much trouble, but I wonder which one of those was the five goals five ways. Right. Like like you're talking like one T like No 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 like shorthanded oh, power play. Right. 
like hitting for the cycle or something. Exactly. Right. Well, haven't we had this conversation before? Yeah, I yeah. think I think in my opinion that's like, probably the hardest thing to do. And it, it, like, I wonder if it's ever been done. No, it's only been done by him before, and I have had oh, like shorty power play, even strength, empty netter, empty netter, and penalty shot. Oh. That's even crazier. Right? So I've said this. The odds of that are like impossible. I had this argument with so many people. I was like, Mario Lemieux's five goals, five different ways, is not only the most unbreakable record in the sport, it might be the most unbreakable record in sports. Yeah. That and Gretzky's point total, they always say, is like... But point total, listen... Impressive records in sports, But listen, if we're talking about point totals from today until the end of time, Mm -hmm. I don't know what the game is going to look like. Right. There might be goddamn robots playing, and then Gretzky's fucking point totals are. are... I still don't think robots can okay? do this point total. But let me. But let me. I don't think you make a robot better than Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> he was a robot. Well, he is. I guess. Or Lemieux, for that matter. But let me let me try and break this to you down in real life, though. Here, let's go. Think about it, man. Point totals are almost like the law. Okay, the law is there to be broken. Right. All right. His point total is there to be broken. Will it be broken? I don't know. We can talk about it all day long. But you want to talk about five goals, five different ways? How on earth will that ever happen again where you score power play, shorthanded goal, even strength goal, an empty net goal, which means the game is close, and a penalty shot? It's hard enough to find a guy who plays in all those situations. That's That's what I'm trying to say. That's even hard enough, right? So you get a penalty shot, and then you actually score on that penalty shot. How many penalty shots do NHL players get in their whole careers? Maybe Even a guy like Connor McDavid, what do you think he'll have in penalty shots by the time his career is over? Less than five. Five? Less than five, yeah. So you got like what? A, a th- like, let's even double that just for the sake of argument. Let's say you get ten penalty shots in mm-hmm. your career. How many are you going to score on? Let's be favorable and say seven, right. which is over the average. So you score on seven out of those ten penalty shot attempts. Now you only have seven tries to score a shorty and an empty net goal, which also doesn't make any sense to me because you're scoring five goals. How is yeah. the game close enough that the other team pulled their goal? That's the 80s, man, right? They, there's shit that only could happen in the NHL in the 80s that That's can't happen them. again, right? That's one of them. Um, I got a couple more like little trivias on, and on this stat because I, I kind of went on a little fascination with this. But, uh, Love it. So Gretzky did it four times. Lemieux okay. did it four times. Um, who was the last Maple Leaf to score five in a game? Five goals. Uh, and, and this is not a great hint, but he's also the only defenseman to do it. Wow. Yeah. A defenseman. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I have to say Salming. It was Ian Turnbull. <laughs> okay. There you go. Ian Turnbull. I would have never guessed that in the million 1977. years. 1977. I'm terrible at yeah. trivia. Ask though. your parents about Ian Turnbull. Okay. Uh <laughs> Okay, so one more. Um, who were the last five players to do it? And this is a span. So I said Lemieux did it in 96 to give you a window. So it's between 96 and today. Who were the last five to do it? One of them was last season. Or, yeah, yeah. sorry, 2020 season. My well, bad. OV. He's got to be on no. there. He has never scored He's five? He's not scored five. Come on, OV. What are you doing? Yeah, he's not scored five. Dude, I don't know. Don't put me through the trivia ring. I'm I, terrible I, at I trivia. Know, it's too bad. Uh, it is too bad. I'm terrible okay. at trivia. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, I'll give you hints and you'll probably be able to guess. 2020, Rangers, Swedish guy. Correct. Uh, Finnish guy, Jets, 2018. Line A. There you go. Swedish guy, Red Wings, 2011. Zetterberg? No. This, will be, this is probably one of the tougher ones. 
2011. 2011, Swedish guy was it on Franzen? the Franzen? It was Johan Franzen. Johan! Probably scored four of them right from the top of the crease. <laughs> probably before he was all conky donkey <laughs> and Babcock hated his guts. <laughs> that sounded like a Dr. Seuss book. Conky donkey, donkey and donkey. the Babcock wonder, wonder kids. Uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, Gabrick. Correct. <laughs> yeah, who else, right? Yeah. And uh, Red Wings, 96. 96? Yeah. Pavel? No, Pavel wasn't a goal. Wasn't no, no, yet. 96. 96. Excuse me, excuse yeah. me. 96 would be Stevie Y? Nope. Couldn't be Stevie Y. Who else was sniping for the Red Wings in 1996? That's the question, and you'll have your answer. Chris Draper. <laughs> <laughs> Team Canada legend, Chris Draper. <laughs> Just tell me. It is... Sergey Fedorov. Oh, Feds, of course. You, you should have oh, of course. You yeah, got the yeah, rest. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'll Honestly, congratulate you. Trivia on the job is well one of those things for me where it's like I do enjoy, I do enjoy trivia if I can kind of like if I can kind of sit there and be like, all right, let me think about this. And then I kind of think about it in obscure ways. Like I go back to Rock'em Sock'em videos and I try and remember like Oh yeah, that was the year that like they went through to the conference finals, and oh my God, Fedorov scored that crazy overtime goal. And then that's how I'll get to a guy like Fedorov. I don't just like try and remember the rosters. If you know what I'm saying, like I kind of, I kind of take the long way to get to an answer, yeah. but it, I still get there usually at the it's end. Like of me it. with math. But like when you get when you put me on the spot, it's like I'm not. I, I almost I just don't even want to play because I I won't think of it right away. And people in their cars driving right now are gonna be like, how the fuck did he not know that? Well, I'm, gonna, like, well, I, I'm I still know. gonna like, do it to you just because I like to watch you squirm and I like to make me look smart. God damn it! Even though I'm just reading it off a screen. So where do you want to go from here, though? <sighs> I don't know. Where do I want to go from here, man? Uh, I want to talk a little All Star Game if you want to give it a bit of time. Sure. I think this comes up just about every year. Uh, Seeing as there's always the same thing. Look at all these guys who didn't make it. Um, just to take a Leaf example, William Nylander. I know he kind of falls down the pecking order of, I don't know, um, popularity or whatever with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but that guy seems like an obvious all-star candidate for the Leafs. As we know, there's always going to be guys that get left off, okay? we get There that. always is. And my problem with it, though, is that We've got what uh, I think Nick Suzuki going Montreal. <laughs> He's having a terrible year. So that is the biggest participation ribbon thing in pro sports. We gotta have a guy from every team. That's a clown show. So and if you want to bring in viewers, have the best of the best. Period. I don't yes. care if it's five guys from one team. So I don't even know where to go with this because oftentimes we have conversations or debates or whatever on certain topics that I've already exhausted with, you know, friends and family, relatives, fr like people in, 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 in friends of mine in, in group chats and stuff like that. So I already went, I already went all over the, uh, the All-Star game because I'm sick of the All-Star game. Everyone knows it's a joke. Yeah. But the main reason why it's a joke, there's two reasons why it's a joke. One of them is their own fault, and by they, I mean the league. Mm -hmm. One of them is their own fault, and the other one is just because of the way it is. Mm -hmm. and the one that's their fault is stop bringing Nick Suzuki's to the All-Star game. How many people are in line at the Nick Suzuki table. Yeah. Okay? I just It just seems like a waste. It's a wasted opportunity, right? It's, it's a complete joke. 
So they water down the All-Star game by bringing players from every yeah. team, Here's even your though nobody trophy. gives a fuck about that player. Yeah. And you know what? If there are teams out there that don't have All-Star players on them, they're probably not playoff teams, and therefore nobody will miss them. Yeah. Nobody is going to miss them. And if you're a fan of a garbage team... Are you going to watch? You're already half tuned out anyway because your team's in the basement. Are you going to Are Vegas? You, you're going to watch the All Star game, Cause, right? Because Nick Suzuki or whoever no. I, I feel bad, we're beating up on Nick Suzuki, but he is the, the he's, choice. He's the example of like a, a, a guy from a last place team who probably wouldn't otherwise be there, but is there because they have this well, policy. He's the sacrificial lamb. He's the Tim Peel, if you will. He's the Chris Draper of Team Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the guy that unfortunately has to fall on the sword today mm-hmm. for something that we've known for a long time. Time, yeah. Okay. Shout out though. Shout out Nick uh, Nazem Kadri, last man in voted in today. Yeah, I saw that scoring at 117 point pace. Yeah, fuck him. Fifth in the NHL in points. No, a, I'm happy for him. He's a bum. I'm not. Set, happy for him. No, set, fuck you. 700 games in the NHL. 700 games. Fuck you too. He's finally getting All Star nod. I think the year he led the least in scoring for some reason, Leo Komarov went to the All Star game because he had more goals <laughs> or something. Okay, right. I swear to God. So okay. So <laughs> let me let me let me get back to my number two. Right. Sure. So my number one reason why it's a joke is because. They invite players that have no business being there. Therefore, the game loses its clout. Yep. Nobody cares about it. The yep. players don't care about it. And they'll gladly take a one-game suspension to fucking not go. All right? Second reason, which is not their fault, is it's hockey, bro. It's a physical game. Mm-hmm. You cannot and you never will be able to have a competitive all-star game or have something on the line. I know people always talk about, oh, you got to put something on the yeah. line, you know? You can't because then players are going to play too hard and they're going to get hurt at mm-hmm. the All-Star game because it's a physical game. You look at the NHL and the NFL. Mm-hmm. Easily the two worst All-Star games. The biggest jokes of the, you know, the Pro Bowl is a joke. Yeah. The NHL All-Star game is a joke. Mm-hmm. So those are the two biggest jokes of the All-Star game in the sporting world. Why is that? They are the two most physical. Yeah. Then you go to the NBA and the MLB. Yeah, it's a watered-down product. There is some physicality in both of those sports, probably more so in the NBA, like under the hoop and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in the MLB, obviously, you got players colliding with walls or potentially sliding and hurting themselves. But the risk is very low mm-hmm. so you can have all-star games in those two respective sports and and still have a great product and have all of the league's best players dying to go there right like it's, think, it's prestigious Sorry, well, it's prestigious absolutely. for lebron to go to another all-star yeah. game. he wants it's to a, go to his 23rd all-star game yeah, or whatever. it's a stat basically and it's a platform it's a huge platform right and because they draw in viewers but all the league's best are the ones that are there which means right. the, the clout is huge yes. people can't wait to watch it on yeah, tv you wear it as a badge of honor and they always say like seven time all-star call lowry or whatever right so um I think in the say an immediate quick fix, almost band aid fix to reinvigorate some interest and perhaps a little bit of on ice rivalry for the All Star Game. Go back to the Team Amer- North America versus the World format. Oh, dude, yeah. Because man, back then, like you had these rivalries that existed in the NHL on the uh, in the season that carried over into that game. Like I, I think one of the last times I remember it happened was uh, Dominic Hasek. I think got a shutout. He played unbelievable for the world against Team North America. And it was actually like I remember watching. I was a kid, granted, but I was like I it was I cared. Like I was like, let's go. Like let's get one. Yeah, fuck Do- fuck the Dominator. Like like this guy. Yeah. Well, with the purple jerseys and the yeah. green, and the green and he jerseys. He was trying. Like guys were trying in that in that game. Now not hit, not physical, but you saw a showcase of top end talent, and you got the talent to create a unique experience. And I think 
unfortunately, the nature of hockey and hockey players, I think, is to revert to shinny. Yes. Right? Yeah. Three-on-three is a good example of that because three-on-three – you're you're getting exposed defensively. Yes, it creates more goals, but it makes for I, I say a lackadaisical, lackadaisical approach to yes, hockey. Yes, of course, guys. You know we're doing it's this not and hockey, that. It's shinny. And I'm not looking for. I don't need to see like crazy lacrosse goals and like crazy passes. I just want to see a game where it's back and forth and guys want to win it. Yeah. Or we can go back to the idea. I think we've speed up many times, and that's scrap it all together and go all in on the World Cup and either make it and you make your own annual, biannual. Olympic lineup, four-year tournament, and put all your eggs in that basket. But you, you do still have to have some sort of display of the league's best. All the major sports yeah. have a display. So of they the need best. to find a way to display because the skills, it, the sport, the skills comp is great. It is, and but we need it to always find a way been. to d- display the game, right? Because that's we, the players are there, yeah. and the personalities are usually fairly present. But yeah. it's like, how do we show? A good game of hockey. That's so, what they really need to figure out, right? So here's my fixes. Two of them are extremely doable and, and probably what they should do. The third one is very abstract, but I think it is actually a good idea. Let me know what you think. Here are my three suggestions. Two of them you've already covered. Suggestion number one, stop inviting players that don't believe that don't deserve to be there. Check. Um, check that off. Number two, solution number two, go back to conference. Even I don't mean the whole year, like the whole NHL season, just for the All-Star game. Like right. just for the All-Star game, have Western Conference and Eastern Conference. Name one captain of each team. That captain hand selects two assistant captains. And then the, those two teams, they can do it. made-for-TV event, and they can do their draft. Yeah. They, they, A live draft. That would be so cool. Because okay. that live draft was – with like, Phil? say what you want about that with Phil Kessel going last and all that. That was a TV event. I watched it. Me too. Right? Like, and it was right? funny. And thank okay. you. You know, Dan Joe's blessed, just a little side note, for Phil Kessel to be the last pick because he couldn't find a more, like, comical punchline or, like, good sport. A more com- a more good sport punching bag for that. Right. Absolutely. Perfect. So, anyways, yeah, I think that would be great as well. So, we're not inviting participation players. We're going back to conferences and making two two teams. None of this, you know, oh, we're going to play them and then they're going to play us. Yeah, yeah. Like, two teams and have it just be one game, a full game, three periods long. And do you want to know what the prize is? This is my abstract idea that I think would work. Mm. Combined with the fact that you're not inviting participation players. What does that mean, Lesko? If we're not inviting participation players, that means that I would say with 99% accuracy, all of the players that are going to the All-Star game are also going to the playoffs. Right. Maybe you'll have one or two outliers on a bad team, but they're fucking superstars, so they're going. Right. So what you do is you award the winning team. So all of the players from the winning team, if they win the Stanley Cup, they get two days with the cup or oh. or three or something oh. like that. So if you are an all-star winner, mm. if you win the all-star game, you get a little medal. Yeah. And then if you continue if you on cup, and you win the cup, because you won that's interesting the interesting incentive, because you're an all-star winner, 
you get the cup. So right. I don't think you're going to be out there cross-checking people's faces off right. to win the game and injuring your fellow players, but you're all going to be playing together and saying, boys, we do want to win this because if we move on and we win the cup, we're going to get two days with it. I can take it with my family. I can take it out on the boat. We can take it to – you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and the great thing about that too, dude, is there's so many different players from a whole bunch of different teams. So, yeah, you you might have two or three players from the Colorado Avalanche because they're so good this year. We'll have a realistic chance, you feel like. But still, good. you gotta think everyone thinks they have a chance. Everyone anyway, thinks they right? have a chance. Whether you're the only player from the St. Louis Blues that year, and mm. you're the only player representing, and, and maybe Colorado has has three players, you're not you're not not you're not not gonna try because you don't think you're gonna win the cup. No, everyone's gonna try because I won the All Star game and then I won the cup. Because guess what, Lesko, on the cup winning team, how many All Stars do you think there's gonna be there's on the probably team? Probably at least a couple, right? Yeah. I I thought of one other idea I'll toss up before we move on. As you were saying that, and it's what if you gave the all the players who are on the Eastern Conference say they win. Yep. Each team gets an additional point in the standings. Oh, see, no, that's too much. Is that too much? It's too much. Now you're breaking legs and you're blocking are shots you? and. Because you're putting a point on the line? Well, fuck yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, how but many... But that's how you get your real hockey game. Don't but, say it won't be real. I know, but you see, there's a fine line between... <laughs> I know, because we have to balance that hole. Nobody wants anyone to get injured in the All-Star exactly. game, right? But you want a real hockey game. I know. Put that... points on the line. Well, you see, look at the... You world... can earn your team one point, and then say you make the playoffs by one point. Which you would. You're a hero. <laughs> which you would. You would, yeah. lose, you would lose by one point, oh, right? yeah. Especially in today's fake parody NHL. But I see what you mean, though, right? So it would be like divisional standings because the way they run it now is they have four separate divisions that are playing against each other in a mini tournament. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to keep track of. They're super short, and it's like, you know, I was in and out the last couple just to see. Lose interest big time. Yeah, well, and again, it's three on three. It's shinny, right? Like, uh, overtime, three on three overtime is exciting because there's points on the line. Yes. And it's the these NHL. guys want to win as the best players on the ice for five minutes straight. In the All-Star game, these guys are out for a skate hungover. Laughing. Right? They're mic'd up. Yeah. There's their <laughs> beer is, you know, oozing out of their pores. Yeah, yeah. They're just sweating <laughs> liquor all over the ice. <laughs> all right, man. Listen. Uh, okay, next uh, order of business. Very important here. I don't know if I'm sure you saw this today. Frank Saravelli reporting that the NHL is going to stop testing asymptomatic players mm. after the All Star game, which is a major change too. It's and a massive W. It's, with the, I guess yeah, massive W for the league in that uh, we should see way less players missing games, um, way less games being postponed, being postponed because of numbers, and way more flexibility. Because essentially, what what it came down to, I think, is that they didn't they didn't want to fuck around with the taxi squad, salary cap, that whole mess, right. and which has caused a mess. We've had teams dress short players this season because of co guys being out on COVID and being up against the cap. So this is a, a kind of a compromise and also a progression, I guess, of the restrictions slash regulations that are, are born from COVID. Right. And uh, we, it's like a, kind of moving past it. And you got to figure... You know, the hope is that the you know the medical experts, the leagues is consulting, and the doctors work for the league are the ones you know who put this idea forward, and it's a little less dollars motivated. It's hard to see where a scenario where it's not because we're talking about a business here. But as a fan, you got to just be like, all right, great, 
you know, when I go to sit down and watch Toronto and Edmonton play, McDavid will play. Yes. Right? Like, <clears throat> it should it should help the product on the ice right now, which is certainly suffering, I guess, due to the – I mean, it's crazy. So I, I actually put down some stats here just to share it with the listeners. But 73% of the league's rosters have tested positive so far. I mean, and a lot of this – is in the last five weeks, 60% of that, five weeks. Yeah. So Well, it's because they're the testing asymptomatic players and they're finding, they're finding problems that you, you would never have found. We're testing everybody, right? You know? Because they're still in that mindset of, like, preventing spread, identifying it, isolating and all that stuff. Right. Now they're at the point where I think it's a little bit of, like, we don't care. <laughs> well, See, we, we're dealing with health, I, healthy people who know the risks. And they're basically saying we don't care. I know, but so this is going to be tough. I'm gonna, probably going to get ratioed here. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> look at you, you like learning that? stuff. So, but but honestly, like, does this not does this not like create a little bit of like ooh, like you better watch out? Like they're not testing, but he has it and he has it and they have it, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, like 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 that. Not only does it, not only does a bunch of people have it, but mm-hmm. a bunch of them are now showing symptoms. And it turns out that we've played four games in the mm-hmm. last seven nights, all against different teams. Yeah, and, and, and seven of us had it during those games, but mm-hmm. we didn't even fucking know about it. Until and I think today. that's what's oh, already no. happening, right? So I think they've kind of realized like they can't avoid some of this shit. Oh, okay, so it's which more is like true. accepting. That's true. And, and really, if you look at the, the current regulation in Ontario, which is probably some of the strictest in North America, if not the world, <laughs> that's it's the same. They've, they're putting their like labor conditions, COVID labor restrictions, is more in line with what is in, uh, the recommended restrictions now. I mean, you unless you've tested positive, you can still go to work. You can be near a close contact, and as long as you're asymptomatic, you're you're considered fine right and you can't get a free test unless you're symptomatic right you can't book a book a test you got to pay like you're going on holidays or something like you yeah. got to pay for your test we had a couple scares recently like um actually i've, I've had a couple involved in my workplace i've had a, uh, a couple of friends in, in the last few weeks so it's yeah it feels one. inevitable that we're all getting it you know and i'm, I'm still like kind of knock on wood here like wearing it like some kind of badge of honor that I made it this far without getting it. So I really don't want to get it almost for that reason alone. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, I'm the same. I did have a close, close contact with a buddy of mine. I gave him a Christmas gift at his house uh, on Christmas Eve around, around lunchtime or something. And, and he was kind of getting ready to go out and do some shopping and stuff. And, and uh, I got the call from him. I think it was on boxing day. And he said, listen, man, I, I, I tested positive and, you know, just wanted to let you know and all that fun stuff. So I had to go and get myself tested. And, you know, my fiance and I were saying, like, it it seems kind of scary, right? Because, like, he, 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 he had it. He didn't know. You know, he had it when he saw me. Yeah. He didn't know. I shook his hand. I talked to him for a little while. Um, and he probably I, felt bad. That's I guess that's yeah. I don't want to, like, think, like, ah, oh, shit, I was just there and here and, like, feel bad. It also reminds me of, like, <laughs> if you ever had one of these calls or known someone who's got one of those calls from the health unit and they're like, Hey, you hooked up with a burner. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you got, you got to, you, you got to go get tested. And, and then like you get the text like slightly after or slightly before from the girl being like, Hey, oh, you're going to get a call from the health unit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it feels like. You got to call them like, Hey, you better go tested. Like it's, it, it reminds me exactly of that. I guess, you know, <laughs> Less gross and less permanent. 
in some cases. Oh but. my fuck! I just <laughs> it just made me think of when when Michael Scott has to call everyone and and, and tell them to get checked for herpes. Oh yeah, because of his cold. Because cold sorry, Yeah, he's convinced he has herpes. <laughs> Yeah, and the one time he's just like, I can't remember what old girlfriend Jan or someone, maybe Pam's mom, I don't know. So funny, man. They, oh yeah. They don't even say anything, and they just yell at each other for a little bit, and then he's like, "You have to get tested. You might have herpes," and just hangs up the phone. <laughs> uh, uh, Michael, you didn't, you didn't tell her about the herpes. It didn't come up organically. <laughs> Yeah, those are one of those phone numbers you just don't want popping up on your phone. Amazing. All right. Well, we won't spend too much time on that. I mean, COVID has uh, consumed enough of our time already. It's here to stay. But, um, yeah. Um, also, I did want to point out as well, Nick Kiprios was saying today that the NHL is expected to release an updated schedule very soon, likely by the end of the week, which is believed to cover 95% of the postponed Excellent. games. All of them during the Olympic break. Excellent. Which is I such swear a to huge God. W. I swear to God, I'm going to be living in my cottage by May 2-4. So if hockey's not done, then I'm done. You're done. I'm not going to see it. No no metaverse or nothing for you. No, I get metaverse on my freaking satellite internet <laughs> out there. Like, I'm lucky if I can stream a game. I'm trying to stream games. I can't even get – I've been listening on the radio, which I don't mind. Hey, hook them up, Elon. But uh, look up our boy here, Christ. Elon. Come on, Christ. Um, but honestly, dude, I think that's that's pretty impressive, man. Because aren't we aren't we into like we're we're well above triple digits now, aren't we for postponements? Yeah, well, it was crazy, like especially with the games in Canada, which I totally understand. I like you don't want to play in front of empty buildings. It's counterintuitive for business. I mean, they sucked up last year because they had to. This year, they're going to push it as hard as they can, and it sounds like. You know, the numbers are tapering off, albeit the same as other jurisdictions without any restrictions, but yeah. tapering off. So hopefully we get to see maybe some, some more butts in the stands in the next little while. Right. Um, okay. So, yeah, the other the other good thing is apparently we have uh, some good news coming from Premier Doug Ford's office uh, this week. So we'll stay tuned. Perhaps a good News dump on a Friday for once? Well, you're going to do it on a Monday if it's good news. You got to do it on a Monday if it's yeah, good? Yeah, oh yeah. That's how it goes. Oh. Media oh. cycles. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Friday. Bad news bad, Friday. Bad news Friday. Good news Monday. Good you want to dominate Monday. the news cycle. Be the first. You want to be the first press release in the journalist's inbox there okay. Monday morning. All right. So current protocols are in place until February 3rd with the National Hockey League. There is one final meeting scheduled between the league and the players association that is scheduled for January 31st. So come around the uh, early part of February. We're going to know exactly where we stand as far as testing players. Um, honestly, let's go. What I was thinking today as I was driving home uh, from work was that it is really starting to feel real again, not life necessarily, but me watching hockey. Right. As in like Well it did I, this year when they had fans. I, I mean that made you feel real. Yeah, for sure. But but even then there were so many postponements and I told you already I had a mental breakdown over fantasy. Like right. it was just it wasn't real in my mind because games were being postponed. Yeah. When's the It's Leaf still game? like a it's still you know? a train wreck of a season logistically. Yes, and right? I and I know I understand that the Leafs game uh last night with the New Jersey Devils uh was was postponed. That was postponed like a long time ago. Yeah. Kind of yeah. weird. But all their um, home games have been postponed this period of time right Right. so but it's just it's seeming it's seemingly more and more like real life again um and and i just thought that uh moving forward i I think it i think we're gonna be trending 
you know, we're going to be trending up here. I think. I, I, I think we're done. I hope so. I know nothing about it, but I'm I just, trying to get my hopes up for anything right now because yeah. I've had my heart broken too many times by, by you know, and I'm pretty skeptical to begin with. So like coming yeah. around, like know, everything's going to be good, and then everything goes to shit. Like well, we talked about. On our grumpy episode. Well, hey, uh, on uh, as far as good news Monday is concerned, I'll take that. Monday's my birthday, so there you I'll, go. I'll I'll take some good news on a Monday. Yeah. on my birthday. You need some nice. news to counteract turning thirty-five. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> dude, you know what? I said to Kirsty the other day, I'm like, babe, I'm almost forty, and you know, there's gonna be some forty closer to forty and thirty, then, and that's a tough one. Does I it, mean, I I'd like. I, I used to joke when I turned 30. I was like, oh, it's all downhill from here. But now I'm like 34. I'm like, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> it's really starting to show. My hair is falling out. Like, fucking, you know, there's so many signs of it being like, damn. See, and I, and I'm All going, my friends have kids. Hey, Fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm going the other way, Lesko. Have you noticed the flow, bud? It's been a yeah, long, it doesn't stop there, It's been buddy. a long time since you've yeah, seen me. Yeah, rock star haircut. Flow is happening, bro. So I'm going the other way. I'm keeping it young, okay? Yeah. You look keeping like a bar young. star from the 80s there. Thank you. Except without the muscles and the cutoff sleeves. <laughs> Speaking of muscles and cutoff sleeves, how about uh, Mark Bergevin's former team? Yeah, uh, did make some moves. So I like what they did to to put some positivity on the Canadian thing. I like bringing in Jeff Gordon because I like what he did with New York. Yes, and that was a quick turnaround. I think we talked about it. It was a bad turnaround. He deserved to go nowhere. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of fucked that they let him go. But I, I mean, I they're understand. doing well too. You know, so you have this up and comer, and then you want to bring in a guy for a different certain, whatever. Uh, they did hire, made an interesting hire. I guess somebody maybe a little bit off the path. We not the names you saw in the headlines, but they hired Ken Hughes, uh, a former player agent, right. as the GM. Um, some of the notable players represented Bergeron, Latang, Nurth, Mert, uh, Darnell Nurse, Bath- Batherson. So, you know, obviously, the guy's very lo- uh, well schooled in the game, knows the league, knows his way around, and you kind of have that safety net of Jeff Gordon being in behind there and. I guess, pulling the strings. So I like the approach Montreal is taking, and I have a good impression that it's going to be the first time in a long time we might see Montreal bottom out for real. Not just bottom out because they had a bad season, but I mean, like, I think oh, it's, I over. Think it's time. Oh, it's over. Like this, the, the, If the Price era, and this is maybe a lot of this hinges on what happens with Price, but... Even the product in front of Price, how good can you make it in the next season? Say he is 100% next season. How good are you going to make it, right? Well, and he just suffered a setback. Yeah, exactly. Which so. apparently, okay, so sorry not to get off on a different topic here, but it was announced literally the headline was Carey Price suffers setback mm-hmm. in, in rehab from the knee surgery. Yeah. And basically they are starting his rehab from scratch as yeah. if as if he just had the surgery yesterday. So we'll so see him next year maybe. So basically. obviously there's huge problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Dominic Ducharme is quoted as saying it's not a setback and they still anticipate that he'll play this season. So two questions for you. What constitutes a setback <laughs> for Dominic Ducharme? And, and, and number two, uh, do they really want him to play this season? Like outside of outside of just getting some reps in, like do they really want him getting reps in with two weeks left in the regular season? And they're in a dogfight with Arizona, mm-hmm. who they just lost to uh, for the largest lottery no, ball. It's, it's full like you know you're going Buffalo, scorched earth. Like I am trading everything 
and I'm getting nothing. Shane Wright. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting nothing except maybe Shane Wright. Maybe Shane Wright. You know, Wright. like that. I'm gunning for it hard. Tank you might Wright as well. Wright. You might as well. Like, do no, none of this false bravado. Like, none of this Mark Bergevin shit. No going and signing three guys in the offseason. You know, spending $20 million Eric and thinking Stahl. you're a playoff team. Exactly. Like, <laughs> enough of this shit. Move on. Right, like there's some there's some pieces there. You got some young forwards to build around. You got a young defenseman in Romanov. So like, take what you can get it and go forward. It's just it's a tough place. They're right in the middle of it, and I would expect to see a lot of house cleaning come the off season, not just on the bench but in the offices. All right, so there's there's got to be a bunch of. I know for sure that there's a few big time Montreal fans that that do enjoy listening to the pucks and deep podcast so this next little segment if you will is is dedicated to those listeners and if, if you guys want to hit me up or hit us up on twitter or whatever if you're still listening after that last go segment. go right ahead but let me run let me ask you this lesco as a as an impartial fan um you know let's just go through the list here so i'm only gonna give you players that are signed through uh, 20, let's say 2024, 2025. Okay. Okay. So that means this season, obviously, and three more seasons. Are we doing like a keeper or sure? Sure. Right. I just want you to tell me what you think of the deal. What, what do you think? Oh, of what the, do you think of the deal in their the present deal? form? In their present with form. With the team the way it is. And Got with it. the team, the way they're going now. <laughs> Got it. Effectively okay. bottoming out. Okay. So. All right. Winston GM. Josh Anderson, age 27. Makes five point five million dollars through twenty seven. I like that deal. If they're a contender, I hate it if they're in last place. Right. Right. Okay. Move them now. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He has a modified no trade. He's he's appealing still. He has right a modified now. no trade. Yeah. Tough, but you'd have to imagine spot. that he would probably want to be out of there. Yeah. Um, okay. So next on the list, Michael Hoffman, age thirty two, makes four point five million dollars through twenty five. Awful desperation contract. Can't believe they signed it to begin with. They retain. might just, they'll, retain. They'll, they'll retain because they're going to need to be a salary. Floor. Like say they are doing teardown, they're going to need salary floor money, and you're not. It's not worth it to buy them out if you're that bad. No, trade them and retain. If you can trade them, great. Let's check his stats. Let's check how tradable Mike Hoffman is <laughs> oh, right now. No, <laughs> I'm really interested because I. I haven't even heard his damn name. This is going to be an hour-long segment. So this can be Actually, a, no, it won't be. We're, no, I'm just quick, quick nice. Mike Hoffman stats. How's he doing? How you doing, Mike Hoffman? How's he doing? Used to be a good sniper. Two goals? He has five goals. Oh, wow. Okay. 22 games. Lighten it up. Four apples. Minus 15. Check you later, Mike Hoffman. All right. Who's next? <laughs> who's next? Christian Dvorak, age 25, makes 4.45 through 2026. I'm so weirded out on these young guy contracts. But there's potential but you, there. There's potential there, and that's the kind of guy you might want to build around. Keep. Yeah. It's, it might not be a great contract, but you have room for it. Keep. I like See that. See what you have before you make any decision on whether he's okay. here long-term or not. Okay, I like that. Next on the list, Joel Armia, age 28, makes 3.4 through 2026. Cool. Wow. Uh, those fourth-line four guys still managing to get... PR deals, third line guys. But that is the way it is. That that is the way yeah. it is now. You you either have 
So you have three types of contracts. You have superstars that make a ton of cap space. Yeah. You have ELC that hopefully are amazing and make nothing. And then you have the third and fourth liners that are now seemingly making you know three point five to four point five. Well, I just on can't an believe people are basis. still sign sign those deals though. But like, then no, because that that's because of the last. But those are category. July first deals, exactly. Right? Yes. And those are the Eric Stalls and like yeah. the, the older guys. That's how that's how guys. Fourth line or third liners get those four. You know they go on a playoff run. They come out and make three million. Right. And then you realize like I can't pay a guy three million to play ten minutes a night. Right. So, so yeah, I I look to trade him because I think people like a guy like him. Twenty eight. He's a desirable player. The cap it's not terrible. Noxious if he can slot in. Yeah. To your to your uh, third line and be a potential uh, top six winger if you need it. All right. Next on the list, all star. Center right wing dual eligibility. Nick Suzuki, age twenty-two, makes seven point eight seven five through twenty twenty. Wait, twenty thirty? Yeah, because it's a what eight-year deal? That's right. Yeah, because the deal doesn't kick in this year. It kicks in next year, and it's a yeah. max deal, like eight-year deal. Yeah, sorry. Okay, okay. so. Keep because you need to see what you have there. I think he's a, of course he's a good player, ton of ton of potential. You really shit on him earlier for going to the All Star game. <laughs> he's actually a good player. You, he's the kind of guy you build around. He plays center and Montreal. If we know anything about the last ten years of Montreal Canadiens, center was a huge problem for them. Yeah. So this guy plays center. Keep him around. Okay. Wait and see what you got. Okay. Um, so if I look at the projected cap space, it's zero dollars. Yeah, which is not good. You need to fix that but, pretty quick. So let's say the Montreal Canadiens were doing very well for whatever reasons, okay, Lesko? Like whether Price is Anything back. Anything can happen. No, no, it's no. But, but whether Price is back right. and his cap hit, I don't, I'm just, make it work, okay, where the team is really good and they're challenging for a playoff position. They're in a really good position right now. With $0 in cap space, what are they doing with Cole Caulfield? Uh, not much because he's on ELC, right? I know, but only for one more year after that. Right. That yeah, that's gonna be an interesting contract to sign. Actually, that is gonna be one to watch, and obviously resign, but, but try and get him as try and get him as cheap as possible. But is this not hurting? Is the is the current state of the Montreal Canadiens not severely hurting? Cole Caulfield's ability to get paid. I uh, know. I think it, it's helping it because oh, you think they'll it's make it? they'll be oh because he'll easier be easier to make room. He'll be a, uh, a a needle in the haystack in a good way. Right. Like, he'll poke out and get you because everything else sucks and you're amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and it's easier to make cap space. Like if you got to trade Joel or Armia to resign him for an extra two million bucks, then you actually want to pay him. Then you just do it. Right. Right. Okay. You just do it because yeah. they they don't want to piss him off. They they know that two to three years they're going to need him. So. You got to appease him, give him what he wants, keep him around. Okay, all right. I'm going to breeze over Jake Evans because his deal. Who is that? His, exactly. <laughs> uh, his deal kicks in next year, um, 1.7 until the end of 2026. Uh, so, again, like he's 25 years old. Perhaps over the next couple of seasons, he thrusts himself into a leadership role and becomes a valuable trade chip at a very, very desirable cap number of 1.7. I would have to say, like, if I'm 
Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon at this point, I'd have to target a guy like Jake Evans and say, let's give this guy more minutes. Mm-hmm. Let's give this guy penalty kill minutes. Let's let's give this guy a, an A on his jersey and turn this $1.7 million contract for the next four years into a mm-hmm. huge haul. Yeah. Right? Like, don't it's – a, it's a weird position to be in as a team, but you need to make sure that you're not – no term, like no crazy term. Try if you can avoid it. Don't sign anybody for more than four years unless you're for sure you got a home run in your hands. And the other thing is, is uh, you know, assuming assuming you're going to be bad for a couple of years, but projecting good cap space from when you think you're going to be good again. Right. When you think you're fringe playoff. Yeah. Right. When you think you're a piece or two away from being a decent playoff team, you need to make sure there's room there. That's right. Um, okay, moving on down the list, we are now into defenseman Jeff Petrie, age 34, makes 6.25 through 2026. Trade, do a bit of retention if you can. I don't see it happening right now because there's still too much term left on that deal. But if you can find a team with the right space and that wants them long term, trade. 34. Yeah. Trade, it's not the greatest contract, especially at that age, but defensemen are worth more, right? Yeah, true. Uh, Speaking of defensemen, $3.5 million per season through 2026 for 31-year-old David Savard. Jeez, I didn't realize all these guys had this much term. They gave out... Boatloads of term. I know. It was it was Mark Bergerman's last hurrah. Like I he guess. just had to take one more stab. Like it was like God, a Sorelli situation. Well, it's like if we could only make the playoffs this year, then I could cling on to my job and it fail, obviously. But yeah, that's that's another tough one, man. Like that's way too much term for an old defenseman to have, and right? that makes it hard to trade. Well, he's Thirty-one. I try and but... trade. Try and trade. Yeah. Try your best. Leafs might be interested on some retained. Um, Okay, now we're into the injured reserve. Brendan Gallagher, huge piece, huge piece. Um, Brendan Gallagher, age 29, makes $6.5 million through 2027. Absolutely trade. Really? Still has value. Guys, people, he's one of those love-hate guys in the NHL, right? Snipe a lot of goals, piss you off, and a battler, and a guy wears his heart on his sleeve. If I'm going deep in the playoffs, I want Brendan Gallagher on my team. You know what? You're so right, dude. Like, age 29, so... 29, man. Like, he's not that old. Like, I actually thought he was older than that. Still a few more years, I'd say, of... If if you're a team that knows you're still competing, like, if I'm a Washington, if I'm a Vegas, if I'm any of those teams, I want him. You have Calgary is a good example, a team that could use a little more punch up front. Yeah. Um... You're right, dude, because, like, it's, geez, I mean, the start of next year is going to be the 2022-2023 season. Do you really think that the Montreal Canadiens are going to be in a position to contend for Cups within that time frame? I say it's 2025 before they're legit, like, threat to go somewhere in the playoffs. I wouldn't even just say contender because I think that's kind of a reserve status for the a elites, small handful. Yes. Um I but agree. I would put them there, and that is simply buoyed by a, a, a 100% carry price bounce back with a young, inexperienced team. As, and that's based on my continued assumption that they they get rid of some of these these contracts that Bergeron signed in the last few years and kind of take the team in a different direction. Um, you know, there could be more to that. There could be a bigger picture where it's like, you know, the Molsons could be holding up any potential teardown. I mean, we don't know if Bergevin ever floated that. I mean... 
nothing gives us that idea based right. on the way he's performed and the way he's acted. Uh, the way he's acted in the offseason, <laughs> especially. It's true, but though. I'm just wondering if there's more to it. But I, I assume that with the guys they brought in, that this is what they're looking at. They're looking at, you know, at least a three to five year retool before they see where themselves the way they did a season or two ago. And and, and let's which not... was even probably over like I think the expectations were probably higher than they should have been. They had like fan like expectations on their own team. I agree. Um obviously it goes without saying too that like we don't know what the future draft picks have in store. Do they get a player like Shane Wright? Does he right. step in as a rookie? And that's and, changed the tra- trajectory of that team. It can. So. It can, and it has. We've seen that multiple times. We saw it ourselves. Yep. Austin Matthews, you know, like, is is Shane Wright the, the same level of, you know, maybe quote-unquote generational talent? Uh, like, I'm, I, we've had this conversation before. I don't know if I'm ready to, to, to put Matthews into the generational talent category, but Jesus Christ, if he's not right there, yeah. you know, like, he's, he's right there. So I don't I know. Had a, I responded to a thread recently online that was discussing that very topic. So how many generational talents are there in the NHL today? Okay. So what was your answer? I named five. Okay. But I, which seems like a high number for generational talents, right? I don't think so. But I also I think like that's about right. I also put I I threw shade on the goalies. I did not. I excluded. I was thinking players, but I think there's an argument to be made for both Vasilevsky and Carey Price. But the five I named were as follows: McDavid, Matthews, in order. Uh, Ovechkin, Crosby, easy, right? Yeah. So those are four. Who's your five? Joe Thornton. Come on. Joe Thornton's not a generational talent. He's one of the greatest players of all time. I don't know. He is. I would put Nathan McKinnon ahead of him. No, he's so dominant. Like, okay, Nathan McKinnon, yeah, but Nathan McKinnon's been around for five, six years. Joe yeah. Thornton's been around for twenty. No, no, no. But we might be defining the word he a, generational. Okay, so is though. is Joe Thornton a generational player right now? No, but he no, was no, no. when he came in the league, yeah, and he's yeah. still in the league. Yeah, so, so that's he, how he fits so he my qualifies. criteria. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But the, the so the, I guess the the small issue that I might have with the identifying Joe Thornton as a generational talent is that yes, he put up an insane number of points, but like there was there was lots of players putting up tons and tons and tons of points at, like in and around his time. It's not like he put up 187 points and the next closest guy was at 111. Yeah. But I wasn't just looking at stats. I was looking at like sheer raw, like this guy does what no one else can do. He's the best at what he does. He's dominant every time he's on the ice for the bulk of his career. And yeah. that, and I think that that fits him. Like how often does a 6'4 centerman walk in the NHL at 18 years old and become an instant superstar and continue to light it up until he's 40 and, and still continue to play. So, yes, You're right. You've he made... fits my criteria. Right now, he's not generational player in the respect of McDavid and Matthews, but he is a generational player. He's just not... Yeah, yeah. His generation's passed. Yeah, yeah. No, right? I, and I wasn't necessarily calling you on that. I was just trying to identify what is our definition of it. Right. And, and for me, my definition of generational player is I'm upset if I never got to see him play live. Yeah, and if, if they just don't come around very often, like there's a guy who changes can change the face of your team, and I would argue he did that for the Bruins. They fucked up, and yeah. he did that for the Sharks. So. But if you look at it the way I look at it, I think you could appreciate my decision to put a guy like Nathan McKinnon on the list instead of Joe Thornton, and this is my reasoning. 
if Joe Thornton retires tomorrow mm-hmm. and I never saw him play a game live, I'm not going to be that crushed that I never got to see a, right. an absolute living legend in Joe yeah. Thornton. I saw him like the 2000s. I was oh, blown I've, away. I've seen him, but like, you know, for example, I never saw Wayne. Right. Like I, I, I to this day, have never saw Wayne Gretzky play hockey live. And that is a disappointment to me, but I saw Mario multiple times. Nice. Mario is my all-time never favorite. Saw Mario. So I'm able to say that I've seen Mario play both for the Pittsburgh Penguins and also for Team Canada, which I think is really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's dope. Um, right? So, like, that would be – now, like you said, though, with, with some of the current players, it's a little difficult to identify them today mm-hmm. without their without their careers um, – like, sorry, with their careers so much in front mm-hmm. of them. But I look at I look at just, like, the impact of yeah. the player when the player is on the ice in terms of what does the game look like when he's on the ice versus when he's not. And, again – these are different eras. It's very difficult to say. Well, when Nathan McKinnon hops over the boards, it's like a yeah. Lamborghini driving around. But it was there. like it was like I said. It was for the majority of Joe Thornton's career. The play centered around him on the ice all the time. That's right. right. Puck followed him. Whatever. So I agree. You've changed. Why, you've I, changed I've, my mind. I thought outside the box a little bit he on my answers, but he qualifies because he's still in the league. That's I guess the main. I'll allow it. Far. Judge's ruling. All right. So, uh, speaking of judges ruling. The we're waiting on a ruling for Mr. Evander Kane. Yeah. So apparently this week uh, they're going to resolve, I guess, the decision as to whether or not he's getting punished further, I guess, for travel. Yeah. Cross border border travel travel, during the holidays, something like that. I mean, just add it to the list for this guy. He's he's been on a hot streak, I guess, of late in terms of. Fucking up. Fucking up. I guess, yeah, <laughs> pissing people off and whatever. But uh, apparently it has not discouraged uh, several teams interested in re-signing him. Uh, I think there's three teams that they've said are the front runners. I heard, Who are they? Uh, well, I, I've heard Edmonton is We know one, Edmonton. And I've heard Tampa and Florida are also wow. kicking some tires there. I mean, all right, let's, let's get rid of this. It's a Shea situation because, honestly, and... Maybe that's my leaf bias a little bit, but I know. So I know the Leafs aren't looking at him, and they wouldn't, and probably for the same reason I wouldn't. And it's that I'm not bringing this guy into my room. I would, you know, and and like you know what? It, I, I had a good laugh, and it was really weird that uh, Ken Holland felt the need to address that. I, well, he had a presser like right when these rumors were swirling, and they asked him, and they're like. Uh, He's like, I believe in second chances. Yeah. Well, how about fifth chances, Ken? <laughs> and sixth chances and seventh. Like this guy. Like, this guy is a clown show. We all know that. We've heard the stories. But the business case, the business case, if I'm a businessman, I own a hockey team, I can add a 20 to 30 goal scorer who roughs it up for probably minimum. Yeah. Because I think Kane believes, at least at this time, that he's going to get his money from San Jose. Because they're appealing that, right? Right. The fact that you owe me money and, and instead of them saying, we don't owe you shit, take a lap. Yeah. So... Business case absolutely, absolutely makes sense. But from from that plain and simple standpoint, but the part of the business case that you can't properly assess is the impact that that guy has in your dressing room. No, right? you can't. It's, you can't quantify it. It's, it's the like, wild card, right? Yeah, it is. It is. And so earlier, I kind of interjected and said I would. Uh, my timing of the interjection wasn't great because you said I wouldn't bring a guy like that into the room, and I said I would. Mm-hmm. I, I would. I would want the player to play hockey for me on the ice. I, I know that means obviously, hey, guess what, Coley? He has to be in the room. I know that. Uh, but my, my 
I guess my argument there isn't so much, hey, like, bring them on. Like, we got a bunch of good, strong leaders and a really tight-knit group. And, and we, you know, we wouldn't let anything throw us off our rails. Come on in, Evander. That's not what I meant. What I more meant was this guy's fucking good at hockey. Yep. So let's bring his ass in here mm-hmm. and keep him under watch. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem with a guy like Kane is that that probably doesn't work. But, okay, so listen, I'm glad I haven't talked to you about this because I've talked to several people about this. And, like, a couple of times people were, like, straight up getting mad at me that over the idea that I would even entertain. How dare you entertain the idea of bringing Evander Kane to the Leafs? Mm -hmm. We're a great team as it is, blah, blah, blah. We need Evander Kane in the playoffs. Not him exactly, but him. You know, a guy like that. He doesn't need that. And we could get it for fucking league minimum, bro. Just looking at the ice, though, like you said, just the ice. But you can't. Unfortunately, with a guy like Kane, he's earned the the position of being that it's not just about what he gives you on the ice. So... Whereas I, I totally understand teams like Florida and Tampa, they're right on the cuffs. They think they're right there. And bringing him into a small market like that is not going to create a lot of a lot of hullabaloo. It's not going to create a lot of noise. It's a good point. Right? So it's easier to, to slip a guy in there and... Tony, yeah, Tony D'Angelo you know, to Carolina. Right. If he if he causes some some trouble there, like uh, it could go on, it could go completely under the radar. You're right. Or and if it if it doesn't work out that good, you might not have 80 journalists at the end of the year being like, "Well, you think it's uh, bringing in Vander Kane had something to do with you guys uh, uh, blowing a lead in the second round and losing?" You know what I mean? Like, why are you so pissy? Yeah. The, yeah why are you so pissy? <laughs> so I think there's a less risk inherently with those teams in bringing them in. Okay, so, so it's just less risk, and as a business, you're always trying to assess risk. That's a really good point. I, I, I actually hadn't thought of it that way. But even though I did bring up Tony D'Angelo in my, you know, debates that I was having with people, because, like, I, I want to preface this, okay? By, by no means at all do I think Evander Kane is a great guy and a, a good <laughs> team guy, and I love him to death. I, I'm not even a big fan of his. Yes, he's fucked up incredibly, yeah. and I think he's a total scumbag. But I also think he's a total fucking snipe show and will punch you in your face right. for fucking around with our star players. And let and let like, we have that's why we're having this conversation right now. Because the NHL is a business and they're looking at it as such. I mean, everyone I saw lots of the eye rolls online, people moaning ground, oh people as if people would take this guy. Yeah, you damn right they're gonna. You damn right. You know what I mean? He could have shot somebody yesterday and <laughs> you know, the awaiting trial and the team's like, Well, we need him for a playoff run. Winning is yeah. Winning is all. And if any okay, of those teams said sign him and win the Cups, they're going to be heralded as geniuses. Of especially course. by the old school hockey media. So here's, here's what I want to bring to light here on the podcast. What I have spent the last couple of weeks kind of arguing with some people. Because, of course, Kane was in and out of the media, as you mentioned. Like, obviously before... Uh, the season even began when he got his 21-game suspension for the fake vaccination card. <laughs> then there was rumors and allegations of you know abuse with yeah. his with his estranged wife and and child custody. It and goes on betting on his own games, and there was a bunch of stuff. And then he resurfaced again over the holidays with the uh, Barracuda, the AHL team for San Jose, and how he crossed the border when he had COVID and all this yep. stuff. Okay, but my my thing is this. Clearly, this this is it. As in, he's done a bunch of stuff before, but but he he was terminated 
okay, by an yeah. NHL team. This is it now. And by all accounts, the team didn't want him, like the players did not want him back. So what does that tell you about character, right? And Winnipeg as well. It goes back to yes. even in Winnipeg. So Getting that, his gear thrown in the shower. Yeah, so that's an important factor as well. But my, my point is this, Lesko. Clearly, he, Evander Kane, and everyone around him that's close to him, whether it be family, friends, or agents, or business partners, or PR people, anyone that is around this man, they all clearly know that this is the last fucking chance you will get. Hmm. As in, is if he gets the chance, he signs tomorrow with the Tampa Bay Lightning, they go on a playoff run, and somewhere during the second round of the playoffs, it was determined that Evander Kane was out, and he got in a fight, and he had drugs on him, yeah. or something, and, but is it like, and now did, he's suspended. Did we like, not say this about him last time, like in the late summer or whenever, when shit hit the fan with him again? Like... I just the chance of the last chance a lot. Like if there's anything we know about the NHL is that you can ride a 30 goal season or a Stanley Cup ring the rest of your life, right? Like I just I don't have enough faith in the last in chance? the league in last well, chances, just, right? Well, and but how long has he been in San Jose though? Look, look at the, he's been in San Jose years. for a long. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So clearly it wasn't last chance. What I'm getting at now, well, he is, got multiple chances there. Yeah, but now he's done. He was fucking terminated. Yeah. So like, if if he doesn't make this work, let's go. Then that's it. He's not getting any NHL money. Okay. And let, let no, but let's say he goes. I don't have enough faith in the league to say that he doesn't get another one. Okay, I can I can appreciate that point. But but let me let me lay it out this way for you. If he goes somewhere and he doesn't fuck up, but he also doesn't really play that well. Right. Like maybe he's the like guy. he's not worth taking another chance on. Exactly. Okay. So he and plays himself out of the league. Out of the league. Right. So he's either out of the league if he plays poorly or if he fucks up on or off the ice. Mm -hmm. You know, arguing, fighting with his teammates or, you know, getting caught with a hooker. I don't know. Like something yeah. crazy and he's out. Okay. Guess what, dude? If he doesn't win his settlement and he gets no money, he still owes a ton of people a ton of money. What yeah. is Evander Kane going to do? Get a job at Dick's Sporting yeah. Goods? Like he's done if this doesn't work, yeah. And and that that alone for me is why I would give him a shot, yeah. And that alone there's some for motivation me, there, right? Like like you we talked about before is that he's in a position right now where if he if he owes the money to San Jose, if they don't pay him out, if he loses that appeal, he's gonna need the money. He's so money. that hopefully is enough motivation for him to behave himself for a contract length. Exactly. So and the other thing for me too is like if. If he's on the outside looking in, there's just like his life is so fucked. Like his life is so fucked. If he doesn't get the settlement and he has no NHL contract, it it's it's fucked. Like yeah. I, I what I said too about the Leafs. I hope the KHL is paying well that day. Yeah, I guess you're right. He could always go to the K. That's yeah. true. No, no, I, I kind of forgot about that. So maybe he doesn't really doesn't pay child money. It's not the same lifestyle. No, you're right. But what I was saying with the Leafs, because like some of my Leafs buddies were were giving me a hard time that I would even imagine the idea. So a couple of them actually agreed with me too that they'd be like, hey, I I I would take. Hey, him, you make know? a good point, but just I don't see the fit on the Maple Leafs for sure. You're right, but for me, dude, like. A team like the Maple Leafs, they actually have the the resources to help a guy like Evander Kane. Yeah, we can all. I just we don't can think all, they want to. We can all shit on him all day long yeah. about who's how worth, bad he is. Who's worth putting your resources into? I think is a question they'd ask. No, that's fair. Yeah. No, 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 that's fair. But I'm just thinking, like, uh, I heard them. I think maybe it was on Overdrive that they were talking about or something. But what what they were saying was that like you you want to be able to offer the player 
the resources and the ability to rectify yeah. their mistakes. You can't just say, come yeah. on in and don't do any of that stuff anymore. Yeah. And I don't think with him either was a lack of help or resources. I think it's just a lot of bad personal choices. Like, I think he's kind of made his bad sleep in it. You've proven yourself to be the way you are, and, and this is what it is. So Why I'm not are looking, you the way I'm, you are? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> looking to be like, maybe I can uh, uncrack the code of Andrew Kane. I'm not being that guy taking that chance, especially a midseason chance, too, that's on the fly and, and a little bit sketchy. So I am sure the teams will do their due diligence, but there'll be that awkward decision of, uh, of you know, profit over peril. Right? I did pick him up in fantasy. No, oh, of course you, you you know fantasy. Who cares? Like fantasy. So beast. you don't have to answer to Jim Matheson about that or anything. So <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, speaking of yeah, Jim let's Matheson. take it back to Edmonton. Let's cycle take it back, back to Edmonton. Edmonton. Um, man, like okay. So I, I alluded to it earlier. I was not high on them. I was not a believer. They've shown some true colors. Maybe I'm not. I'm not about to write them off. I don't. So I said this when they were doing good. I didn't think that. They were as good as what the stat sheets were showing. I don't think they're as bad as what the stat sheets are showing right now. But yeah, there's somewhere in the middle, right? I think so. There's a I middle still, ground but, there. But the middle ground at this point, based on those two examples that I just gave, is a, is a fringe playoff team, right? Yes. Like that's kind of where they're sitting right now. And man, I, I again, like you really look at it, they're thin, right? And now people have stopped kind of like yelling at the supporting cast and management. And now I've noticed that for the first time, McDavid and Drysdale are taking a little bit of heat. I've seen some criticism of their defensive game. Right. And statistically, that's not wrong. That's not wrong. <laughs> right. That's not wrong. You look at the advanced metrics on them defensively and they're not wrong. I mean, they're not a good defensive team in general. They're not good in the back end. They have terrible goaltending and collectively don't play good team defense. Sounds uh, great. Yeah, sounds like the Maple Leafs <laughs> for years, right? That sounds great. It sounds great to me. Why sounds, do I care? Sounds familiar. <laughs> um, all right, well, let me let me hit the listeners with some stats. You ready for a little bit of stats, Let's a little bit it. of bingo calling? You brought numbers today. So since December 1st, the Edmonton Oilers have a 2.67 winning percentage. Whoa. They're three ten and two in that time, Yikes. and they got eight out of thirty possible points. Yeah. The only team worse than them during this time were the aforementioned Montreal Canadiens, who had a one ninety two winning percentage. Olé, olé, olé. Oh, more on the O and less on the lay, if you know what I'm saying. Oh. Uh, goalies. For Edmonton Oilers, save percentage in the months of October and November, collectively, 913. Pretty solid. It has now dropped post-December 01. It is 875. The only save percentage worse in the NHL during that, that, during that same time period, the New Jersey Devils. Hmm. Not a great company. Like, those are some pretty bad stats, yeah. man. 2.67 winning percentage for over a yeah. month. And, and the problem is that's not just bad. It's not like percentage. they just went, like, below expectations. We're 5-7. and seven, We're 6-8. and eight. Yeah. Puck well, lock or whatever. Like, and, and, okay, you know the hard thing about breaking down teams in bad situations? Like, it's never cut and dry. It's never like, oh, the goalies are bad and McDavid's not playing defense or whatever it is. Unless someone – The coach it, is bad or whatever. Unless someone's hurt or whatever. This is – the problem, I think, with this, and, and this stretch kind of shows it, and 
you know, if I'm a, an Oilers fan, I'm on pins and needles watching the rest of the season to see what kind of team presents itself. Is what we saw beginning? Is what we saw lately? You know, it reminds me of those Maple Leaf teams. Yeah. Like, are they good? Are they good? Playoff good? Yeah. And then you today know, they're the 18 wheeler. Like, where it's like a it's like a half season 18 wheeler we got going with Edmonton right now. It's so true. So I'm I'm worried about about what this team is, but man, it's it's a tough place to be in, and I'm worried about them. And a lot of it has to do with McDavid and Drysdale's demeanor, and the fact that they've been here before so many times in the last decade. So it's like a lack of progress just becomes unacceptable after a while. And I know Ken Holland's only been there two to three years, but I don't think he was the right guy in the first place. I agree. And we said it at the time. And and let's be honest, it happens. Old. Guys who hire guys make that realization lo- lo- longer it takes them than it should. Old boys club. Right. I, I, Strikes again. I mentioned it earlier. You win a few Stanley Cups. You got a job for life in the NHL. Yeah. A job for life. And And honestly, like, Ken Holland's not that guy for me. Like, he isn't. No. You know, I'd, I wouldn't put a lot of faith in him. And, you know, at first I thought, yeah, well, you know, old-time hockey guy, guy's been around the block, stuff like that. But what really kind of opened my eyes, and this is in amongst the Oilers' losing streak, but somebody posted this excellent thread on Twitter that basically gave a, a, a picture of the last 10 years of Ken Holland in the NHL and his work, his body of work, I guess, over that period of time. Oh, I saw that thread. And I knew it wasn't great. But it's wor- It's way. Oh, it's worse egregiously bad. It's abysmal. So I'm just pulling this up right now so I can share this with all you fine folks out there. But it's so bad. And like I know there's been a couple things lately with the Oilers or questionable things, like we said, going back on the goalies. But it's actually like concerning. It it, it basically it gave me this like a big picture takeaway is that he never learned how to govern or how to GM a team post salary cap. Right. You know, they, they won a cup a couple of years after the implementation of the salary cap, largely on the back of Hasek, Lidstrom, uh, Datsuk, and Zetterberg right. pretty much. Like, yep. they, they weren't world beaters that year yep. compared to, I guess, the, the previous teams. But here we go. I'm going to take you guys down a quick trip down memory lane. I it love it. It won't take a lot. 2012, still GM of the Red Wings at this point. Signs a 37-year-old Bertuzzi. To two years, four million dollars. He plays sixty-six games, retires. Uh, four million total, you mean? Uh, not, yes, four not, million total. Not sorry. per year. Yes. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. Sorry, yeah. Okay, uh, he's, I can get past that. Yeah. Well, wait. It's bad. <laughs> okay, same year he signed Jordan Tutu to three years. Uh, Michael Samuelson to two years. He was thirty over thirty-five at the time. He signed uh, perennial Band-Aid Carlo Koliakova, whom I love, by the way. Two years. Uh, so Samuelson played 30 games for the Red Wings on that contract. Yikes. Totu and Koliakovo both got bought out oh, for the ends of the okay. deals. Okay. Okay. Uh, 2013. Steven Weiss, five years, 24.5. <sighs> bought out after two seasons. He had 11 goals. <laughs> he signed Jonathan Erickson, a six years, 25.5 million. He finished that contract buried in the AHL. Six years. Okay, so just right there, these are fireable offenses. <laughs> he made it to 2018 or 2019 with this team, okay? And this alone would keep me from hiring him, too. Uh, 2014, signed the monster, Joe Gustafson. One year. Oh. 1.85 million, he played seven games. I miss that guy. Yeah, I know. 
What a Gustafson hope. was yeah. What so a hope. hope in that. What a hope is right. Yeah. Thing, look at the things we used to get excited about. Right? My buddy has his jersey uh, shadow boxed. I saw one. I saw a jersey at a Sens game once. I was at Sens leaves fifty. Yeah, I was stunned to see it. The monster. Uh, uh, Twenty fourteen. After he signed Gustafson, he signed Dan Cleary. He was thirty five, over thirty five at the time. One and a half million plus one million in performance bonuses. He played seventeen games his last in the NHL. But correct me if I'm wrong. Those over thirty five deals had like a safety net type thing. They're easier to bury them. Yes. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. He traded Patrick Eves and Cal Yarncroc and a second for thirty four year old David Lagwan for twenty one games. Ew. Yeah. Cal say Yarn- say the names again. I know Yarncroc is Cal Yarncroc, a- Patrick Eves, and a second. Yikes! Yeah, that's a gross trade. Twenty fifteen. Does it say by chance who the second rounder turned out to be? No, but that's an interesting piece of information. It would that be we cool. Find. It mustn't be. It mustn't be that. Ooh, they might have mentioned it in this thread if it was notable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah true. Yeah. Okay. Twenty fifteen. He signed Brad Richards. If you recall, thirty five years old. I do remember four that. million a season. Four he million. played sixty eight games total on that contract, and scored 28 points. Yes. Uh, He signed Mike Green at that time. uh, That was a big one. That was a big one. Three years, 18 million. That was a big one. I remember that. He was really, like, he had fallen off already at this point. From Washington, yeah. He also signed Abdelkader, seven-year, $29.75 million deal. The Abdelkader 2000. bought out on day one by Steve (laughs) Ivers. Okay. We're still in 2015, okay? He signs Dan Cleary to a one-way. Again, 950K. He plays 35 AHL games, never played a game in the show. Again with the Newfoundlander, Dan Cleary. Love that Danny Cleary, which he was a hero back in like 08 or whatever. Um, They also traded the signing rights to Matthias Janmark, plus a second rounder that turned into Rupe Hintz for 11 games of Eric Cole. Oh, that's, a, that's one of the worst ones so far. So that answers our question about why they didn't put the second round. They got traded probably in that trade. Because this one turned out to be Rupe Hints, and that makes people go, oh, my God. Yeah. If the other one turned out to be Bob from Westmeath, they don't really care. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really bad one there, that's too. That's terrible. That trade is awful. Uh, 2016 goes on a spending spree, trying to stay relevant, I guess. And this is when they were really falling off. Darren Helm, five years, nineteen million. Gross. Franz Nielsen, six million. Or sorry, six years, thirty-one and a half million. Gross. Bought out by Steve Eisman. Danny DeKaiser, six years, thirty million dollars. Ew. Right, bro. They also moved back from the sixteenth spot in the draft that year, passed on Jacob Chikorin to draft Chalowski, so they could trade Datsuk's contract to the desert. Ah, uh, so they. Lost out on Chikrin, which they didn't know at the time, of course. Hindsight bias mm-hmm. being what it is. But, geez, man, these yeah. are bad. It's not over, man. I can't, I, <laughs> this is way over. longer than I thought. Like, I, I, I hope it. you guys are sticking with us. I don't this, mind it. This is good content. I will argue this is good shit. I don't mind it. This is like a, 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 a textbook in like how not to GM in the salary cap era. <laughs> 2017, he signed Trevor Daly, three years, nine and a half million. 44 games in year two. And 43 in year three. That's yeah, he was injury uh, prone. Yeah. Injury mm-hmm. prone, end of his career, he retired. Good player, cut yep. short injuries. Yeah. So we could say maybe a little bit of bad luck on that one. Yeah. 2018, he added two more years to Mike Green's deal at 5.2 years, or 5.2 million per year. He finishes the contract off with two... 
two games at Edmonton because they acquired him, right. if you recall, Yes, at the end of his deal. They paid $3 million for 64 games, the last 64 games of Thomas Vanek's career. Oh, Thomas So many Vanek. guys at the very end, like yeah. they're already done. The whole league's like, this guy's done? They're like, wow. Oh, come see. on. The old Detroit Magic here, The old right? boys club. Fuck, man. The old boys club extends to old players. I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so they, they sold some assets that year as well. So we're 2019, so just before Holland gets fired. He signs Jimmy Howard to five million. He plays twenty-seven more games, post eight eighty-two. Ooh. So then he comes to Edmonton. He signs Cassie in four years, twelve million. He bridged Darnell Nurse. Yeah, that was not good. Not good. It's gonna cost him like ten million a year. Probably not him. And if I'm Nurse, I'm I'm pay- the Edmonton tax, right? You're gonna need that extra few bucks. He signed Carl Turris two years, 1.65. He traded a fourth for two games of Mike Green, as we just mentioned. He traded two seconds and uh, a bit of a player in that package for 13 games of Athanasiu. Oh, jeez. Yeah, not good. Bro. So if we bring that up to today, this most recent offseason, I believe, he signed Tyson Berry three years, 13 and a half. Not great. He extended Slater Cuckoo. And, and sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. Sorry, we'll, we'll get that one. We'll get that one again. But the yep. Berry thing, okay, like th- that was not smart solely because we just got a glimpse of Tyson Berry playing somewhat of a similar-ish brand of hockey. The high-flying, lots of scoring, Toronto Maple Leafs style. Now, yeah. they, they've since battened down the hatches a little bit more since last season and this season, but we yeah. did see Barry playing that style and not doing it very well. Yeah, he's, uh, he's interesting. I think, I think he's a, a kind of a case of as he's aged, his ability to defend is diminished severely. You know, like as people have gotten faster than them. Yeah, and if he's not scoring, then there's nothing yeah. coming out. When he was well younger, he was easier to dominate the ice. I think he's just he just has a harder time keeping up now. Yeah. That's all it is to it. Um, so they also extended uh, Slater Cuckoo and Drew Shore for two years for some reason, as the tweet says, which, all right. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, notable trade to Chicago where they took Duncan Keith at full cap hit in exchange for Caleb Jones. And then traded Ethan Bear for Warren Fogle. So make what you will the last few deals. But over a ten year span, that is fucking awful. That is awful. I, and I, honestly, on the and I didn't realize the Detroit body work was that bad because it was the first time I'd seen it kind of listed A to B like that. Yeah, that's all. That's enough for me. To, I don't care who old boys club or not. You look at that, and I'm not hiring that guy. Well, I know a close friend of mine uh, and commissioner of the Central Canadian Hockey League, Kevin Abrams. Shout out here on the Pucks and D podcast. Big lifelong Red Wings fan. And, I mean, this guy is a bit of a prognosticator of sorts. Like, he spent time uh, working briefly with some NHL clubs for scouting, like, in regions, and he coached a lot of different teams throughout the years, owned the Lumber Kings, as we've Mm -hmm. spoke about on the show before. So he's a hockey guy through and through. And Kev was always so adamant that 
both the Leafs and the Red Wings were doing things incorrectly. They were trying so hard in the wrong areas. They were busy idiots. Mm-hmm. They're really working hard. They are, but it's it's all a waste of time. You got to reset and do things differently. The Leafs yeah. were able to figure that out. Now, of mm-hmm. course, the Red Wings, they weren't as detrimental as mm-hmm. the Leafs in the sense that they had recent championships. Well, I think the, that was the thing. Is I, I, I think you make, or Cab makes a great point there is that they both did things the same way. Throw money, throw money, free agents, free agents, trades, all that shit. Guys down the road, same sort of stories. The Leafs didn't adapt till about, I don't know, 20, I guess pre-Matthews era, 2014. Yeah, 14, till, 15. Until Shanny came in. They exactly. didn't adapt. Yeah. The Red Wings were good when that happened. That's right. When the salary cap came into place. They were really good. Yeah. And they managed to win a cup after. They were, they were ones that suffered. Yeah. And they suffered greatly, but they managed to win a cup after. You know, like I almost like feel like Ken Hall lucked his way into that a little bit because what comes later is abysmal Mm -hmm. and just kind of shows that he doesn't know how to operate. Well, they had had the right players at the time Mm -hmm. to to absorb the new salary cap being implemented. They had the right players. They still had Lissom. They still had Hasek. They still had Zetterberg. Yeah, of course. They had the right players in the right positions to to make uh, to make championship runs, which they did. But like you said, let's go. It's all about what came after. Like, how did you adapt right. to the new league? Yeah. You, you did. They never did. You they didn't. Did. And has has he yet? Yeah. And I think that's why you're seeing the Red Wings do a, a Maple Leafs like teardown when and when Stevie Y arrived because. They were almost in the same situation. They were just hemorrhaged themselves with bad contracts. So this was obviously a thread of like some of the bad Ken Holland signings, right? Yes. Like it wasn't all of them. We didn't just see. No, all that of was this. just ten yeah. the last ten years. So, like, at what point in the future are we going to start looking at the Zach Hyman deal? Yeah, and then we talked because about I that feel, before. I feel like that deal might deserve to be on the list already, bro. It, it could be because it is a high-risk deal and it really, what it banks on and wishful thinking, I'm sure all managers do this, but it banks on if we win a cup in the next three years, no one will care. That's right. Right. And that is true though. Mm-hmm. That is very, very true. But the odds are not in your favor. Uh, that is also <laughs> true, bro. That is also true. Um, geez, man, my heater just kicked on. Oh yeah, it must be getting cold in here. It's got to be below like ten degrees. Yeah, sorry to the <laughs> listeners to have to listen to this giant industrial propane fire oh, heater. Okay, easy. It's not a giant. In- don't make it sound like it's a piece. It's like brand new. It's a fucking Mister Max or a Big Heat Max, whatever the fuck they're called. It's nice. It's a big garage. He needs a big heater. Don't it's be nice. ashamed of your big don't heater. Be ashamed. <laughs> I got a big heater, baby. Oh my god. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's move on to the Oilers. Uh, that's gonna be fun to watch as they have been forever, mostly for off ice reasons, but that's the way it goes. With them. Um, speaking of Hyman, though, mm. like, do we feel bad? Nope. for Hyman nope. at all. Like, he, I didn't sign that contract. For no, him. I know, but I mean, like, it, I love Hyman. You know, yeah. like, I no, love I, Hyman. I know he chose to leave for more money, so maybe I should. Be, like, I hate Kadri for some reason. He chose money over more likely to win the cup because, and this is you can call me a Leaf friggin' bias glasses guy or whatever. But I believe, and I think objectively, if you're a player in the NHL, you probably think the Leafs are closer than the Oilers are, aren't well, you? Well, you would have to. You would have to. But it's not like he left and went and signed in Arizona. No, Arizona but I think, I think he, like, he cho- chose there for the money at the end of the day. I really do. Well, of course I, he and, did. And like, yeah. I like Zach Hyman. I think he's a great guy, but I think he made a business decision. It was a business decision. Yeah. But I think it and was I'm a, fine with it. I think it was a business decision. But that's why I don't feel bad. 
No, no, and I, I don't feel bad. I'm not trying yeah. to say I feel bad, but I'm just wondering, like, it just, it fucking sucks. You know what I mean? Like, totally. God damn it, he should have just stayed. Matt, figure it out. He gets to be a part of the solution. So good He should have just stayed, but honestly, are we now in a position where we can safely say we're that we're glad we're off. better off? We're better we're, off. We're glad he didn't stay. Jack Michael bunting stats <laughs> versus his salary. <laughs> Hey, I, I put out it. I put out that tweet Sorry, or whatever. Zach. I put out that tweet there back in December that said the Leafs basically got Bunting, Camp, Kasha, uh, Simmons, and Spezza for the same price of Hyman. That's so right. That's right. I, one of those deals is better than the other, and if I have to explain which one, then <laughs> turn <laughs> off the show now. <laughs> pretty big uh, W for Dubas in that sense, totally. and I th- and I do think it would classify as a as a bullet dodge because. You know, put ourselves back in the moment when we were talking about the Zach Hyman contract. Like we all wanted him to stay less. Yeah. Long. Oh yeah. Don't don't kid yourself. Of course, of course. You know, we all wanted him to stay. We were hoping that he would take a little bit less money. I'm sure Dubas really wanted him to stay. But like again, hindsight being what it is, we dodged a bullet there. Oh, for sure. And I, I knew and at I the mean, time no the term I knew the term was gonna be a problem. A huge And issue. I knew if they signed him I would have been happy, but I still would have been worried for the same reasons the Oilers fans would be worried right now. Yeah. So. Okay. All right, bro. Listen, you want to wrap it up here? Yes, sir. Keep Absolutely. It, try and keep it just under two hours, yep. potentially. That's uh, what we get for taking almost a month off. We're just on a big heater. The heater comes on, and we got to shut her down. We were on a heater. Yeah, we got a few more points, I guess, that we'll, we'll carry over to next episode. We're going to start bringing them in a little more frequently for you guys. Uh, no Leafs talks tonight. Uh, not to say they haven't been exciting. They've been exciting to watch, but uh, we'll spend a bit more time on them another episode for sure. Uh, shout out Willie O'Ree getting his number right. retired in Boston tonight. I'd be uh, upset if I didn't mention that. Guy's finally getting his dues. This probably should have been done several years ago, but, yeah. you know, recent Hall, inductee Hall of Famer as well. So I'm, I'm happy to see him finally getting due. Check out his picture online too. I think the, the Bruins game, like an alumni jacket, a super sweet. Uh, um, hat there oh like the bowler hats yeah and it looks dope he's like showing off the inside lining too like where they got a custom lining on it It looks real cool cool nice yeah so congratulations to him way overdue yeah that'd be going on right about now actually the willie ceremony should be going on right now and uh yeah that'll be a wrap for this episode of the pucks and d podcast episode 93 thanks again for joining us as lesko mentioned no leaf stock today i think that's probably the first podcast uh, out of all 93 that we've done where we didn't even talk about the Leafs. Barely. I mean, obviously, they come up in, in conversation. But, uh, yeah, no We're dedicated time to the Leafs. But we will be back next week. Uh, we're going to do our best to get back to a weekly schedule. we got a lot of hockey coming up, as we mentioned during the show. The Olympic uh, break is obviously not for the Olympics, but for more hockey games. So lots of hockey coming up. Playoffs right around the corner. It's going to be good. It's going to be a race to the finish. And we're going to be here every week to bring you guys up to speed. Subscribe to the show. Share it. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. I don't care. It's true. Tell your mom. Tell someone else's mom. See you in the metaverse.